Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy, Thicky Smalls, the king of intellectual immaturity. Gerard Michaels here thanking you for checking out Slick and Thick on the Gas Digital Network. We will have brand new episodes streaming for free every Monday and Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern, where we'll be joined by athletes, fighters, actors, adult entertainers, comedians, and people you've never heard of but you need to hear from, where you know we'll be discussing stories, politics, philosophy, success, failure, and everything in between. If you want access to all this content, sign up at gasdigitalnetwork.com right now with the promo code SNT to receive a seven-day free trial. With that subscription, you will get all of our episodes five full days before they go out on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else on the internet. Plus, you'll get the same access to all the podcasts that made Gas Digital famous like Legion of Skanks and Believe You and Me with Michael Bisbing. Over 15,000 hours of content for just $9 when you use the promo code SNT. If you don't want to subscribe to GasDigitalNetwork.com, do not fret, because your broke ass can get this podcast absolutely free on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else you find podcasts. Every Sunday and Wednesday, we'll release the episodes to those outlets where you have access to the latest 15 episodes for not a dollar. Now that the business is done, here are archived episodes that we made before joining the network. So if you've been following us for a while, you're a real G, and you already know, you heard this already. We have brand new episodes starting Monday, January 9th, 1 p.m. Eastern, for free on GasDigitalNetwork.com. Peace! Fill her up! You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Mick, why don't you bring us in, man? Would you guys like me to open it with a word of prayer? Yeah, go for it. I was joking. All right, well, I mean, yeah, whatever floats your boat, man. <laughs> yeah, no, we're down, bro. Whatever tickles like, your pickle. Shit, if you want to. Let's do it, Father. We I was like, you. I don't know if, that, if that's your thing. We yeah. thank you for this time. We thank you for these gentlemen. We thank you uh, just for being good and traveling mercies. And we pray you uh, bless this conversation. In Jesus' name, amen. Gerard's going to cut that out. <laughs> Rub a dub dub. Here, thanks for the grub. Sure he is. All right. <laughs> nah, I did. I, well, we're going to get into it. The um, We're going to get into what? Oh, well, everything. Everything. All right. Get in, let's Good, get into it all. So. But before we we're get into it. We're going to cover everything on this podcast? We're going to cover everything. We're covering everything. Covering nice, everything. dude. Yeah, first, I wanna, I wanna, the first thing I want to talk about are these Don and Acio chips. Yes. These are the most delicious chips I've ever had. I ate one. I'm good. Don't I'm you, Don't Please don't put a chip <laughs> in my face. Please don't feed me on the podcast, bro. <laughs> like, I didn't think I needed to say that shit. Bro. I got a mustache. You don't have shirts. I feel like it's... I um, have two shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Just none of them are closed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that I will cut. So. <laughs> yeah. That was the chip feeding where you got denied. Yeah. All right. Shit. Bring All us right. in, Mick. Well, so should we talk about our little rebranding? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we were calling it the MGGM podcast, mm-hmm. yes. right? It's a little verbose. It's it a little bit much. It's like MGGM. there's one too much syllables. There's one too many Gs. Yeah. Mm. MGGM. 
Agreed. Sounds like too much. MGM. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. MGM would be better. People were calling it Megum, you know what I mean? which I don't really didn't really like the Megum. Nah, I don't like that either. But no. so now I want to hear what we're gonna call it. Was, we got serious about the slick name? and thick. Slick and thick. I like it. It's the slick like Nick, it? the ruler. I like it. The CEO of the RNC. What do you think? Most people say not to, and I think they're wrong. I think you should just. It's, see, it's see provocative. You know it. what I mean? All slick and thick. Yeah. If someone, no one owns it. I think you should go for it. Yeah. Yeah. We should probably. Well, that's definitely. We should have looked into ah, the guy's shit. first. <laughs> shit. Dave, can we? Can you check that out over there? Yeah. Do, do, we, own? do we own the IP? Oh, we're not okay. live right all now, right, are we? This, if anybody this. buys this, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but look, man, it's the age of authenticity. We don't want to be corporate. We want to be the exact opposite of corporate. We don't want to be any part of anything that's not real, as real as you can possibly be. MGGM felt, nah, you know, it wasn't really hit. But we will take money from corporations that want to sponsor us. <laughs> I would never do any sort of thing. <laughs> that ham flavored chips. Yeah, ham potato chips. My God, these are amazing. I'm not just saying that because I'm fat. They are amazing. <laughs> um, all right, so enough about us. We have somebody here with us today as I'm sucking on my Stop. Teeth. I was going to say stop eating chips. <laughs> They're delicious, but, you know. Yeah. All right. So um, welcome, Ruslan. <laughs> Ruslan started us off with a nice predator. So for people that don't know Ruslan, Ruslan's one of the most interesting guys on the internet, maybe outside of the internet as well. But I know him mostly from the internet. Now, you've cultivated a great online presence, kind of, you're almost like the ombudsman for the Christian community. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, for what's an ombudsman? An ombudsman, for people that don't zip up their shirt, is an <laughs> <laughs> ombudsman is somebody that acts as like a self-censor for a community. It's like the, uh, the, somebody that, that looks at, so like if you're, a, a, if you're ESPN or if you're New York Post, the ombudsman for there says, okay, this is what we did right, this is what we did wrong. They are like the police of themselves. Mm. That, that's the easiest mm. way to, to say what it what No an one listening knows what that word means. <laughs> Everybody, you're welcome. Well, you look the ombudsman. You, you look me in my mustache, and you tell me if I'm lying. That's what ombudsman <laughs> means. So uh, you started now. You started as a hip hop artist. Yes. And that's where you wanted you wanted to make it as a hip hop artist. You wanted to be influential as a hip hop artist. Yes. When did you became a When did you become a cultural critic? I was I just released an album in October, so I'm I still make music. No, no, no. Of course, I don't mean it that way. I Is mean, it Christian rap? Uh, sure. Yeah, you call it that. Yeah. Is yeah. that what would you call it? Christian hip hop, Christian uh, rap, faith based rap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. So, 2020, mm -hmm. I couldn't do any shows, and I couldn't. You know, you, you put out music, you go do shows. Mm -hmm. That's the circuit. So I couldn't do that anymore. And I was already dabbling in YouTube. I think I grew my YouTube to like. 15,000 subscribers, 10,000 subscribers. And it was really just like interviewing friends, just like, just like you guys are doing, just like mm -hmm. interviewing people I thought were interesting, friends of mine, people that I wanted to highlight. I would travel and just set up the green room, something like this, and do an interview. And that grew me to about 15,000 subscribers. And then when 2020 hit, everybody was at home. And I was like, I had this idea of like going live on YouTube because of being an artist. I, I tend to, you, you get artsy and you like do videos and you want to make them perfect. But if I go live, then I can't, Mm. not publish so i'm just gonna go live and that'll keep me accountable to publishing so i did that yeah. by myself 
And then I had this idea of like, let me go live and then like a, like a news broadcast, let me clip out individual clips so that I could outwork volume. If, if I'm going to lean into the technology, I had a technology background as well. I could uh, then make more volume, make more clips. Mm -hmm. And so there was one month where I just kind of hit this wave of like, I interviewed some people. There was this one guy. Um, so a buddy of mine named KB had an album out. I got a really good interview of him virtually. And then there was another guy who... He just got a huge shout out on Bussin' with the Boys, KB. He just yeah. Was, yeah, the, 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 world, the world got to know who KB was by everybody going, KB sucks. There's no way he's one of the best rappers of all time. Bussin' with the Boys, Will Compton hooked him up. Yeah, so KB uh, did, did that. And then there was this other guy, oddly enough, his name is Marcus Rogers, and he... Is he was like the guy on Christian YouTube, mm -hmm. and he did these like multiple Trump prophecies. Like he pro he like prophesied Trump was going to be president, mm -hmm. and so I was like, oh yeah, like once this is done, like we're definitely addressing how ridiculous your prophecies were. And he caught wind of it and like came on my channel, mm -hmm. and I just pressed him for like an hour and a half. Straight. The world's most polite rap beef of all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, <coughs> so that so that like double my channel in a week like mm -hmm. those two things so then it was like 15,000 30,000 50,000 and then I look up and I'm like oh this is like this is like a thing I like, told you we gotta start beefing with people more you're bro. talking about I tried beefing with people you were like that's damn, don't beef with that guy what that doesn't <laughs> sound like me uh, you were sick you were sick <laughs> you were definitely sick yes, uh, I'd say less of a beef there's levels of this stuff Baba. more of a good, <laughs> a good a good call out you know a good call out I think in a way where you're not uh you aren't creating a caricature or, or creating bad Shit, I made arguments. a I made my career on calling people out too. Yeah. And well, what's like, interesting the last part's why real are we interesting. Doing that more, bro. We should, well, let's, let's go ahead. We we'll need to bring on more of your enemies. Call out. All right. Yeah, I'd love them. I got to make more. We enemies. need more enemies. I'm a match. See, the problem is I'm a match energy guy. I don't have enemies with people that are that tend to be interesting. Because if you're nice to me, I'm the nicest guy in the world. Right, right. And then if you're a problem, Yo, you got a problem? I'll solve it. Yeah. Like that's I don't I don't come out of the gate. Charlie ready to Manson be like, said that. Like, I'm the man in the mirror. You smile <laughs> at me, I'll smile. You frown at me, I'll frown. You Charlie Manson. Attack me, I'll attack. Yeah, misunderstood guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Some great points. Yeah, actually, was a great songwriter. Wrote a song that the um, that the Beach Boys uh, played. Little known Charles Manson fact. Anyway, uh, huh? Look at your game girl. Look you know, at your game. You know, you kind of look like Charles Manson a little bit there, Dave. You got a little, uh... Yeah, that little, swastika on the forehead. You, you know? got a little You got a little Charles <laughs> right Manson, like, with a tilde. That's, you know, like... That's, <laughs> <laughs> but, well, one of the things that, that attracted to me the first time I met you, Ruslan, is we, we disagree about a lot of things, yes. so, you know, socially, ooh, politically. Let's get into it. Let's yeah. get but into it. But I respect your ability to have conversations with people without... That, as you said, turning them into caricatures and, yeah, and demonizing I, them or such. If I believe the best about you and I believe yeah. your intentions are pure, I think you could you get to the end of many of these discussions mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, we're, we're, we're closer aligned than we think we're different. Sure. And I think we just don't see that. But it, it's, that, it's that rational logic that you're talking about right yeah. there that makes it impossible for me to believe you're a Democrat. So it's like I, I don't... I'm not a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not a Democrat. Yeah. I'm not a Democrat. So we'll, we'll, let's, we'll get into we'll that in a second, second yes. right? So uh, the, the music career that you made, right? And then similar, our, 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 uh, we have a friend, uh, Zuby, great guy. Yeah, great guy. Same thing. Zuby went out there. He never... Zuby, I don't think, ever wanted to be a... And I love Zuby to death. I don't think he ever wanted to be... 
known as like a culture warrior. Mm -hmm. He set out to be a musician. He just thought that what was happening in the culture was insane. Mm -hmm. And he's the guy I was telling you. He's like, uh, wait, so I just have to say I'm a woman and you guys are going to count this as a Guinness oh, World Record? Oh, the power lift. Yeah. He's like, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, he's like, all right, well, I'm, yeah, I'm a woman. And he does the deadlift and he is the woman's free, <laughs> freeway deadlift world champion to this day. Unbelievable athlete. And now Mickey's trying to get me to like uh, do women's, uh, I got one year of eligibility left in college. He's trying to get me to do like women's rugby or something like that. And that would instantly blow up the podcast. I just want you guys to know that. That's a that's, great idea. Yeah. yeah but I mean, like, listen, I think he's going to blow out an Achilles <laughs> playing rugby. But, but I also think, I, I think with his size and strength, he could literally just walk, stomp down the field and like no one's taking him down. I'm surprised someone hasn't done that yet. Yeah, because you feel bad for the girls. Right? Yeah, but I would that's literally, like, really, if you were really trying to make a point. Yeah, like you like I would I would I would look at the referee. Like maybe I'll do women's maybe wrestling. We talked about this a little bit too. Maybe too podcast. much. Yeah. No, no, we talked about it on the podcast. Like, are you sure you're gonna let me do this? Yeah, like, like I'm looking at the referee, he's gonna sure? blow the whistle. I'm like, you're you're gonna do this. You're gonna let this happen. Like you're okay. Gonna, <laughs> this is gonna happen. I'm gonna hurt someone. I, I don't know why you guys are letting this happen. So in the Christian community, when it comes to these social issues, very, very, very wide-ranging camps are being formed. The idea of what a what a Christian is and like the idea of a Christian as a monolith, you know, the whole when I was growing up there was the Christian conservative. Yeah. And you know, you had the whole, you know, evangelical and the Christian conservative. I didn't like Christian conservatives. They were the gatekeepers of the culture. They were the people that told everybody what they can what you yep. can do, what you can't do. This hip hop is devil's music. Yep. And now it seems to have flipped to the other side where now that's the progressive left. Yeah. The progressive yeah. left is the gatekeeper. The progressive left is the person that says, you can do this, you can't do that. Based on your race, your gender, you can say something or you can't say something or you can do something or you can't do yeah. something. Yeah. So, you know, you're kind of in the intersection of those two things, both in the hip-hop community, which has bought all in hook, line, and sinker to woke, social justice, whatever you want to call it. And you have the Christian community, which seems to be divided 50-50. People rejecting woke outright and people buying in 100%. Yep. You so, say hip-hop's woke? Oh my God! Yeah, you don't think? I don't know. Not the hip hop I listen to. Well, it's not. Well, it's, that's a very interesting point because it's not, but it is, right? So like they'll come out there and they'll do a song about you know getting money and raping bitches, and then when they're done with it, they'll be like, "Yeah, but capitalism's wrong, man." <laughs> you know, like God, they'll have sixteen <laughs> chains on and they'll get out of there. They'll. Get I don't listen to rape, raping bitches music. I listen to the music you listen to. You do? Oh yeah. I can't understand what any of it says, so I'm just assuming it's. I'm just a buzz, a buzz, a buzz, a buzz, a buzz, a buzz, a buzz. Yeah, yeah. The baby, you love the baby. I fucks with the baby. I don't love. I like the baby. You like the baby. I like. I like babies. You like babies? Yeah. You like? I got a baby. We got a baby. Duh, baby? No, no, no. We have a baby. But do you have a baby? Like a child? One year old. Yeah, she's amazing. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Is it? Do you like Super Gremlin? No. 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 Do you like Kodak Black? Kodak. Kodak, so Kodak, I, I think Kodak, you can start a rap beef right now if you yeah. want. Kodak's one of those guys from a purely artistic standpoint. I think it's from Pompano, right here. Yeah, that's right. He's from yeah. this area. He gets lumped in with a lot of the like mumble rap stuff. Mm -hmm. But he, I think he could actually rap. Like I think Kodak. No, he's good. Where he, I guess, he makes. I think that's just music. the way he talks. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was really uh, good on Kendrick's last album. It was really interesting. All right. I, I don't know enough about hip hop to really so, comment, but I hear Kendrick Lamar, and then I hear you know kodak black and i'm like okay one of these guys is clearly rapping and the other guy is clearly yeah, mumbling I'm, I'm saying on on the record that he was on kendrick's like yeah. he, he rapped good mm -hmm. and it was, it was impressive to hear him rap that good 
So, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on. No, no. I mean, no, I, no, so no, you, no, you no, tell me. No, you no, no, going back to your point, yeah. you're 100% correct. Cancel culture was learned from conservative Christians. And so what's happened is there's been an inverse of fundamentalism and dogmatic black and white binary thinking mm. on the on the inverse, right? It's postmodernism of something that was supposed to be like, we're, oh, we're going to challenge all ideologies mm. has now became an ideology and uses the very same shame tactics that we saw from the conservative. Because they, they're not, I don't believe that they're ever actually trying to improve society or they actually even really have a problem with what these people are saying. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a, it's a tool. It's a leverage. Yeah. It's an ability to get people to bend the knee and do what I want you to do and get me on board. And, you know, one of the things I love about, you know, his sport, UFC, is Dana White never played that game. These guys get on the mic, they say the wildest shit, mm -hmm. and there's no repercussions about it. I mean, um, Jack Del Rio today, Jack Del Rio, the uh, defensive coordinator for the Washington, whatever, the, what's their name now? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The Washington. Wait, it was the Washington football team. Yeah. And they Washington switched Whites. up. Huh? Washington Whites. The Washington Whites? Are you serious right now? Nah, I, I <laughs> wish, bro. <laughs> I'd be dope, right? No, the Washington they're, they're, they're just the Washington football team. No, they're something. Oh, oh, they're the Washington Commanders. That's it. Because calling somebody a Redskin is wrong, but calling the team the name of the people that killed the Redskins is fine. <laughs> <laughs> so they're the Washington Commanders. Yeah, That's right. Fact. Yeah. Yeah. The col Washington colonizers was taken. So <laughs> I can't believe you're throwing shots at, at a uh, Kodak. Kodak? Yeah. Kodak said, You could be I'm a superstar. He said, I'm the shit. I'm far and I don't know how to party. She called me daddy, but I ain't her motherfucking father. That's awesome. That's hilarious. There's no way that, that he's awesome. ever said any of those words he out said loud. All those it's, things, it's bro. Like, it's like meme rap. It's like meme rap. Dude, I see one of my favorite things about rap is like how how funny it can be. Yeah. Like ass so retarded it belong on a short yellow bus. <laughs> like there's so many great fucking lines. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of the best stuff has always incorporated humor. Yeah. In a, for in sure. An unironic non-cringe way like if you listen to a lot of like kanye stuff like he's he always has like just yeah. weird bars in there like even mm -hmm. his christian album he was like when i used to think the book of job was a job and I'm like, yeah this man literally opened yeah. the bible and thought like oh this they got a book it's of job <laughs> <laughs> he put in a rap. Yeah. some careers in this past that versace <laughs> yeah i mean yeah well i mean listen to me, again, I'm not in any position to say because I don't, my whole thing when it comes to creating, especially when like people get mad at movies, look, anytime you make art, part of what you're doing is putting it out there for conversation. Sure. You create art and then the art is now, okay, these people like it, these people don't like it. And that conversational aspect of it is the hardest part of being an artist. Yeah. But it's also, this is what we're creating it for, to be like, okay, I made this thing. What do you think? Yep. Right? Yep. And the, I didn't actually make that thing. I bought that off Amazon. The, uh, <laughs> but the, the critic is is important in yeah. certain ways, yes. all right? But to me, every rapper today sounds like the 20th person in a line of telephone from Lil Wayne. It's like it started with Lil Wayne and he whispered something to you and then you whispered what Lil Wayne says to him and then the 20th person down the line is singing to me and that's what rap today sounds like. It sounds like like completely like, like Lil Wayne that's been put through a Brita filter 16 times. <laughs> Lil Wayne had the best metaphors. Little Wayne was great. He still is great. Love Little Wayne. Little Wheezy. Yeah. But I mean, you know, at the same time, when it comes to art, movies, like people have no idea how hard it is to make a movie. So, no so what kind of stuff y'all disagree on? 
<laughs> well, well, I want to talk about Jesus in a minute. Yeah, let's talk about. Jesus. Let's talk about but before we get to the fighting, I, I, I was gonna be fighting. Yeah, the um, it draws us. He has some crazy ideas. Do you agree or disagree? <laughs> <laughs> I do have some crazy. Do as as a Christian man, yeah, and an artist. Talk do you feel restricted? Like you can't say the lyrics that he was saying. You can't rap those lyrics. I used to. I used to because you're right. You, you, there's a certain, and not because you can't do it artistically. Your audience will turn on you. That I that, saw it happen with John Christ in the yeah, comedy world. Yes, yes, and that's and that's that's a great, that's a great point. So s someone like yourself, you train right. Like there's a certain emotion that is transferred through language, and mm. the language isn't always literal, right? So if you're saying something just over the top hyperbolic, like some of the lyrics you reference, like sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's a candor, sometimes it's creating an energy, and so. As a Christian, yes, you there is a restraint that you have you have because I can't I can't say the same thing. So sometimes as an artist, it feels like you're creating with one arm tied behind your back in a genre that's like very kind of limited. You're to, limited. Even even like a Jay Z song. Like I remember reading Jay Z's Decoded book, and he said, "I found out that dudes in Wall Street would blast my music." really loud and it they come they don't come from brooklyn they don't come from my background but there was something about the energy and the way these like the guys that were hustling on wall street would listen to jay-z right and so there is something to that energy so yes initially i did um and i, I had a whole article went viral once about saying like what's the big deal with profanity and christian being a christian right? like like i was that guy at one point and you know what happened is i had my son and my son is oftentimes, especially younger kids, they just they imitate you, you know. Mm -hmm. And so then you start thinking like, okay, is this 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 liberty, this freedom to say whatever I want, however I want, whenever I want to, is that actually the value I want to project on my son? And as and, and as a as a father, it then everything changes, right? Because it's one thing when I'm responsible for me, but then when you have a, another human you're responsible for. So I'll give you an example. My son is half black. My wife's black. I'm I'm Armenian, Russian, white. Um, I I wouldn't feel comfortable with him being called the N-word in a whatever affirming way. And I wouldn't feel comfortable with him saying the N-word, right? But you said in, in an affirming way? Yeah, like some black people will say it in an oh, affirming way. Oh, right, like way. saying yeah. it like a, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah like a, oh, yeah. you know. Uh, with, with an A, a friend, like, with like an my a, dude. Mickey, yeah. not an R. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, and, so, and, so, <laughs> and so like that's one of those things where I think a lot of folks uh, in the Christian community will say that word. Black folks in the Christian community say yeah. that word. But it's changing as they have kids. Mm. Because you do you really want your kids saying that? Like do you want your six, seven, eight, nine-year-old running around being told that, right? And so I think yes. And then I, I, I came to the conclusion of like, dude, it's, it's I'm willing to lay down certain rights and certain freedoms, quote unquote, that I may have for the sake of the greater good and what I'm attempting to do. It's no different than fitness and training, like you talked about earlier when we were offline, right? I'm willing to lay down eating what I want so that I could have the results that I need. Yeah, but you're making that choice. So you're not you're not you're not giving up rights. You're making a decision. Making a decision. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, a whole I mean, there's a very very right. but that's a very yeah, specific and the word right is a, is a weird word. You're right. Well, because yeah. it, it's under attack right now. They're trying to yeah. redefine what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're you're making a decision on what you can say, what you can't say. Sure. You're not saying that nobody should be allowed to say it. Yeah, yeah. I think people should should say what they want to say, mm -hmm. right? I, I think as a as a follower of Jesus, you know, I'm told that I'm going to give an account for every word. Right. Like I'm told, like my mouth has the ability to speak blessings and, and then curse people at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I hold myself to a different responsibility. 
right? So when I gain certain responsibilities, I'm okay with making the choice to lay down certain rights. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I have the responsibility to leave my household, I don't get the right to just kick my feet up and like watch Netflix for a day because I feel like it. Not to say there's anything wrong with anyone that does that, but I don't have that. Like I give that up to be the head, the provider, the protector mm -hmm. of my home. Are, are you conflicted at all profiting off of preaching? Oh, uh, that's a great question. Well, I don't really profit off of preaching, right? Like mm -hmm. meaning like I don't, I don't. I've, well, I've, well, you, you, you communicate through the Christian community. You, you vibe into that niche. You, yeah. I mean, you take other preachers to task all the time. Yeah, Some yeah. of your most popular videos are, and I tend to agree with a lot of those videos are calling out some oh, of these yeah, guys yeah, with yeah. their nonsensical yeah, stuff. Yeah. I, w I would, I would say I'm a, uh, being a thought leader in a specific niche. I don't feel conflicted about that. But the videos are monetized. The videos are absolutely monetized. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah. um, no, I don't, I don't feel conflicted about that because mm. I think we need it. I think, I think there needs to be a time, like you said, I mean, you articulated it. It's always interesting hearing how other people perceive what you do. I think you articulated it brilliantly. We mm. need checks and balances because ultimately when people think Christian, they might think a charlatan. They might think someone, I have to be Frank and I have a lot of friends that are sure. Christians Sure. and the Christian community, is very interesting to me. And I, I, I like your opinion on this as well. I tend to like people that go to church. Yep. I tend to like God-fearing people. I respect them. I grew up a Catholic, grew up going to church. My parents are very religious. My grandmother was very, very religious. Mm -hmm. I find people at the top of religion to be just as bad as politicians. I think that they're sharks. I think that they are charlatans. I think that there is a remarkable amount of graft and corruption. And... Um, I don't think it's ever addressed. I always think it's excused away. And it's been my experience, unfortunately, that people use religion either as a weapon or as an excuse hmm. for their bad behavior more often than they use it to improve the communities around them. You're preaching, bro. You could, you could, you could, you could come on my channel and say that. Well, bro. I mean, that's, <laughs> I so I, I think, I think, I think that's an accurate. You agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because, because here's the thing. I don't think everyone starts that way. I think what happens is. You, you, you become successful, you have a platform, and then people come and want to criticize you, and you don't know what's genuine critique, right? I'm saying on your, on your way up. You don't know what's a genuine critique, mm -hmm. what's a just, you're just a hater, and then like what's like, oh, bro, you just told me to, like you wish my kids died, right? Like these, these guys that are coming up, these pastors that are coming up. So they're coming up, so what they do is they then insulate themselves, and they cut everybody off, and then it's ran like a top-down organization. Name names. Uh, Stephen Furtick. Okay. Started out 10 years ago, went to Southern Seminary, biggest church in America. They did $90 million last year in revenue. Okay. Uh, started out going to Southern Seminary. Genuinely, I think was trying to help. Mm. And the further, the more successful he got, the more insulated he got. Stephen Ferdy, is he, one of, the, is he one of the pray away the gay guys? No. Uh, Elevation Church. Okay. Uh, massive church. He's, he's more on some... Uh, Who's the one out in LA with the... Um the fellowship was it? Um, I don't know who you're talking about. Oh shit, David! Can you look up L.A. Chris Pratt, uh, Justin Bieber, that fellowship. Are you talking about Hillsong? Is it Hillsong? Hillsong. Yeah, that's a, that's another that's another example. I mean, Hillsong. They just had a massive scandal come out. Mm -hmm. Docu series. Uh, you know, these guys start out wanting to help. Genuinely, I think trying to lead to what I say. We all agree on it. Christian, non-Christian, atheist. I think we all agree that human flourishing is what we all want. We all ultimately want human humanity to flourish. And I think these guys start out believing that and mm -hmm. thinking they're, they're adding a net positive to the world. And as you build an institution where, the, again, no, there's no elders, there's no one to check you, mm -hmm. you get to write your, your own ticket. And then uh, 
there's so many people that can then depend on you. You're talking about hundreds, if not thousands of staff internationally, some of these institutions, I think it becomes very difficult. And so I think you, it's a slow drift. I think it's a slow drift. And then before you know it, you're like, whoa, I'm a, I'm basically a CEO of a church and absolute power absolutely corrupts. Mm -hmm. And then, then bad things happen, you mm -hmm. know? And so we saw it with Hillsong, Southern Baptist Convention, which is the biggest, tec technically, like, second second biggest denomination, biggest evangelical denominations, Catholics are actually the biggest denomination. Um, they just had a massive scandal come out. There was a lot of, like, this culture war stuff happening. Mm -hmm. And and then it, it felt weird because they were like, you guys are electing liberal officials, and this doesn't make sense. And people were like, we're not liberal. What are you talking about? Like, we're not liberals. We're, we, we, we reject CRT. We reject all these things. And then what came, what came to find out was that they uh, had massive scandals, sex abuse scandals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, and people were like, why can't you hold these folks accountable, yeah. right? Because there's like autonomous churches, but they're under this SBC sure. umbrella. Long story short, they found out that not only did they know, they had a list of 700 pastors with credible sex allegations. Sure that they hid yeah, yeah. and moved them around. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the uh, Catholic Church that's, blueprint for that, yeah. 100 it's, years. And that's the only example that I, I, that I, I mean, yeah, that's one of the examples where I can see that, you know, it was, it was flawed and was obviously messed up and wrong. Mm -hmm. um, right in Jersey, Carl McCarrick High School. Had to shut yeah, it man, down. I mean, that stuff was happening like crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, the only other ex example I can think of is like Godfather Three with the corrupt, uh, whoever that guy well, was. Well, listen, if we want to get into the Vatican, Pope, I mean, now yeah, we can the get Vatican the whole. And all that I mean, we can. Stuff, yeah. I mean, they had wars for profit. I mean, Martin Luther, the Reformation, how that started was they were literally selling tickets to heaven. You know? Yeah, yeah, they, they had uh, indulgences. indulgences. Yep, yep. yep. You know, and, and again, so it, you know, the Vatican today, you know, begs for money from people every year. They could sell one painting a year, one painting. If, if a if a Mickey Mantle rookie card is worth two million dollars, what do you think an original Michelangelo is worth? They could sell one painting, billion dollars. They own all those? Yeah, the, the, we don't even know what they own. What they have in the Vatican catacombs? I went. To, I went to the Vatican and like saw the Sistine Chapel in person. And Pretty nice, right? Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Pretty, pretty nice to have their own country within a country. And they own a ton of real estate. Ton of real estate. Ton of real estate. Yeah. yeah. I think. But again, absolute power absolutely corrupts. I don't think that's. The, I don't think that's a respecter of if someone is a person of faith or not. Okay, but know. but uh, yeah, but they're the leadership of the faith group. Yeah. Yeah. So if they are lying about something as simple as if they're hiding pedophilia, yeah. Why should I listen to anything else that they say? That's a great bad, question. Bad apples. That's a great you question. I mean? Yeah. Just so, so, so the question would be, but, do, but uh, go ahead. Go ahead. You're right, do, but it is more the top of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do bad apples corrupt the institution, or is the the core and the fiber of the institution still intact? Right. So, so this we can. I guess this could be a segue into some of the culture war stuff. Right. So right now we're having uh, Christians are, are crazy right now about the public school system. Mm -hmm. I'm no fan of the public school system. My Nobody, son, no, anybody that knows anything about the public school system. Yeah, sure. whack. yeah. My son, my son is uh, homeschooled and he crushes. My wife, you know, was a teacher before we had kids and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And so, uh, I don't like the public school system. We don't participate in it. Right. However, um, the and and to be clear on my channel, I so wait, call wait, so, out, so your wife used to be a teacher. She used to be a teacher at a Christian school. Gotcha. And now she just works for you. 
uh, she doesn't really. That's some real old school white guy <laughs> shit, dude. I mean, that's like some 200, 300 year old white guy stuff. She does our right? accounting. She does like all the payroll. <laughs> fucked up. And she oversees it. Like He's powering through it. He's not even acknowledging yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Keep going, buddy. Keep going. So, well, because it was like a racist joke, but about me being the racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, yeah you picked well, up on that, huh? I'm not the bad guy. It's this guy. Me as, as, as that, right? So, um, no, she oversees our uh, payroll. She does all the payroll and stuff like that. Gotcha. And she, uh, she so before that, she was working at the city, and she was working as a substitute teacher at Tri-City Christian mm -hmm. High School, mm -hmm. middle school in Oceanside, Vista, California. Long story short, we homeschool. We love homeschools. So here's, a, here's an example, right? Um, I don't like public schools. I don't like that. And I think if you look at libs of TikTok, it's clear there's some wonky stuff going on. Yeah. And I've called it out, right? I've called out some of this stuff that's just bonkers and stupid. However, I don't know if because people on the fringes or people in power do goofy stuff that that then discards the entire institution. So let me, let me, yeah, okay. I hear what you're let saying. Me, let me I agree. Sure, let me sure. So, so I would say public school has a role that it plays and mm -hmm. some, a lot of people benefit from it if, if we're just talking about the basics. And then there are teachers that are nuts and then there are districts that are introducing some bizarre boys can be girls, girls can be boys nonsense, right? Mm -hmm. um, but not every district is like that. Not every school is like that. Not, it's, not, it's not a top-down situation. And there's still a lot of great public school teachers that I personally know. So in the same way, we would pro I would hope we wouldn't say all public school teachers are evil, the whole entire institution, we need to burn it to the ground. It, but and so so that's what the Christian right is on right now. Mm -hmm. Like like Kirk Cameron's making a documentary about public schools, sure. right? And it's like a big deal. We should we should burn the public school yeah. system to the ground. So, it's just antiquated. So, it's not so, a good model. So let me give you a similar parallel, right? So then in the same way, I would say, yeah, defund the police is a stupid concept. That's a bad idea, mm -hmm. right? There are bad officers that do bad things, sure. and there are flawed institutions that have stuff like qualified immunity and have bad laws that they don't, you know, it, you, if you if you check somebody or you call somebody and you can get put to task. There was an officer in L.A. Mm -hmm. that like blew the whistle on his department, sure. Art Arzuda. Um, it, it's a crazy story. It's a movie, dude. And so like, but we wouldn't say, yeah, let's let's defund, abolish the police because that's a flawed institution mm -hmm. and has had some problematic things. When I think we, we scale up, we say, no, 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 we need police officers. They're generally speaking, people trying to help. And then there are bad apples. And then there are bad apples that corrupt certain departments. I would, I would parallel the schools like that. But when I make that point, the, the Christians go, no, you can't make this. And the people on the left will go say, no. Right. So it's yeah. like, but it's, we're pointing at this like the Spider-Man meme. Like we're saying the yeah, same yeah, yeah. thing about right, the similar right. institutions. And again, in a way, I think that defunding the police was a stupid idea. And I think the public and especially black people in black communities will be like, yeah, that was dumb. No one asked to defund. 65% of black people didn't want to defund the police. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a real stat. Uh. So I, well, I think it's, it's these that, two things It's that over there progressive, right? It's yes. the progressive that lives in the suburbs yes. and, you know, in a half a million dollar host home that goes, oh, no, let them get out on bail. They're not bothering anybody. Right, right. And the people in the communities where the crimes are happening are go, what no, lady? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then yeah, let yeah. it come to their door yeah. though, and watch how quickly. One hundred percent. I mean, every single sorry, every yeah. every single person that you know calling for gun control right now in in Washington walks around with a four person armed security. Yeah, yeah the, the hypocrisy so, is ridiculous on every front, right? So that's the not same, good. So, and so in the we've same become way, so numb to hypocrisy yes. that people just think it's okay yes. and it's not okay. Yeah. So in the same way, like I we, I understand we're very fortunate to get to homeschool, right? So I tell Christians like, dude, if this matters to you. Build your life in a way where you could afford to have one person stay home 
raise the kids and and do it if this matters to you and and then that ties in but now you have to do something yes and no because that's like the people that are like if you don't like gas prices just buy a tesla it's like okay yeah i mean yeah it's a good if i find an extra 75 grand i'll do that yeah thanks but well well, again what's your value system right which if if, if i i I do want a tesla i drive a prius right now i know that's that probably makes me sound super soft right (laughs) (laughs) black's probably driving a Prius. (laughs) yeah i don't say that as like a i don't say that in like a flippant way i'm just saying it's not unimaginable to to build a life in America where one person provides and another person takes well, care of the, the home. That was the middle class dream. That was the way it was supposed yes. to happen. And, and yes. unfortunately, the middle class has been under assault for 20 plus years. Uh, Inflation is not going to help that. But going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, the bad apples argument is a bad argument when you're talking about centuries long bad apples. And you're talking about probably the most influential institution in the history of humanity when you're talking about Christianity. The value system of Christianity and really Abrahamic religions, if you want to put, you know, um, Islam and Judaism into it, you know, going back to freaking Zoroastrianism and monotheism. This is the culture for two thirds of the world for 3000 years. The entire value system our country was built on comes it branches from the Ten Commandments out, right? I mean, so if that's corrupt to its core, then we we have the right to question everything about it. I don't, I don't know it's to its core, though, I don't th- I don't know if I agree that it's corrupt to its core. I think it's corrupt to the people that have power. Mm-hmm. But the but Christianity is built on on Jesus, like it's built. I on, would disagree with that. Okay, I mean, it, I, I understand that he's on? he's the champion of it, but Christianity is built on unifying a Roman nation. I mean, Christianity is a political movement. Well, let's back up for a second. So a Roman nation. Um, Ethiopia and Armenia was the, were the first churches. Ethiopia, Armenia, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, India. Those church, they branched off mm-hmm. way before it was used as a political well, tool. Before, well, in, the, fir- in, the first Christian. Yeah, the, for the, first Christians, the first Christian nation was not Rome. Correct. Yeah, so it was... But Ar- the first Christian... The first was, Christian. ...was the... It was uh, who Paul, right? Is that correct? Paul wasn't the first Christian. Who was the first Christian? The first Christians were the you guys, the, the, the disciples. The yeah, Christian? the disciples. But Paul, they were. Paul, they were all. Paul was a Rome. You're right. Paul was a Rome. Yep. A Roman. A Rome. <laughs> so Paul my, was a my Roman. understanding is after Jesus's death, mm-hmm. and I and I I should have brushed up more on this, but my understanding was there was a schism immediately between James, Jesus's brother, and Paul. Mm-hmm. Right. Jesus was a. Jesus didn't like Rome. Jesus was a rebel, mm-hmm. right? And James wanted a more fervent, hardline, anti-Roman uh, version of Judaism. And Paul wanted a, a treaty with Rome. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where, you, where you're pulling that from. The, there's a, a chapter in Acts, Acts chapter 15. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 you're, you're, you're kind of right. So in the scriptures, a chapter in Acts 15 where basically... Paul gets sent out to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. So that would be the Greeks, the Romans, right? They mm-hmm. rewrote a book, uh, uh, an epistle to the church in Rome. James, Peter, all the other guys, they, there was this council. And so Paul came back and said, hey, all these guys are getting saved, they're getting converted. And you, some of you guys or some of your followers were telling them they have to get circumcised. They have yeah, they were to, hardliners. They were yeah. what would be considered hardline extremists. Yeah. So in Acts 15, that was settled. That was settled. And, they, and he write back and he says, no, 
you, you don't got to get circumcised. You don't got to do these things. You just need to avoid. Keep kosher. Uh, avoid, yeah, keep yeah. kosher. You don't got to do none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. They literally was like, no, you don't have to do any of that. Just avoid idols and follow Jesus. Don't mm -hmm. be sexually immoral. So the new folks that were crafted in, uh, they they weren't that, and that's clear as day in the scriptures. There's an entire book in in uh, Galatians. Well, 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 when you talk about the scriptures, you're talking about canonical. You're not talking about the agnostic text. You're not talking about you're talking about the Gnostic. Gnostic text. Yeah, the Gnostic, Gnostic text. Yeah, test. yeah, the Gnostic tests were, were were thrown out. You know, hundreds of years before that was even a conversation. Because um, of the Council of Nicaea, though. No, the Council of Nicaea settled the divinity of Jesus. The Council of Nicaea had nothing to do with the canon. That was already the, established. The Council of Nicaea did not establish no, the the canon was already around. They already had those books, and there was other accounts. There's the the Gospel of X, which they say the other writers pulled from those mm -hmm. records, right? So the Council of Nicaea was specifically about the divinity of Jesus because there was something that was being passed around regarding uh, Jesus wasn't fully God. And so what they came together is they rejected that notion and said, no, no, Jesus is 100% God, 100% divine. And then they they, they, they uh, fleshed out the Trinity, which is like orthodoxy. That's Christian orthodoxy. So regardless on if you're Ethiopian, Coptic, Egyptian, uh, Indian, uh, uh, Armenian, and all of all of the arms, and they, by the way, and and the first schism was way before Rome became what Rome is today. The first schism, these folks still hold to the same essentials of the faith that I believe. Jesus is God. Jesus bodily rose from the grave, the Trinity, so on and so forth. They have some different views on Sola Scriptura. They have some different ideas of that. But generally speaking, it's the same exact faith. If we go to Armenia right now and we ask an Armenian, Derhaid, what do you believe? It's the same stuff I believe. And the Catholics... They got some other stuff with Mary, but it's it's more or less the same core essentials, and then it's expressed differently. So, in light of what you're saying, like there hasn't been a bunch of Armenian scandals because there wouldn't be an Armenia if it wasn't for the Armenian Church. We didn't have a written language <laughs> until they invented one to translate us the Bible, mm -hmm. right? So my lineage comes from very little of corruption of the it's like there's politics but it's not what you're describing yeah. if you go to ethiopia and you survived genocide yeah and we survived genocide if you go to ethiopia well, that's i don't know if that's, Sank Erger would agree but the, the the ethiopian church is one of the few places that didn't get colonized in africa you know mainly because of how tight-knit their culture became as a byproduct of christianity so i think when people are speaking about this they're really just speaking about like catholicism and protestantism which is very flawed and protestants just kept protesting that's the whole point right so it's like protestant we're just gonna keep protesting and every couple hundred years there's a new denomination and a new protest about something else some other trivial thing that well, i mean protestants were created just because a king wanted to get a, a, a seventh divorce anyway so i don't i don't know if i would simplify it like that protestant i mean i don't think luther was trying to start another sect like i don't think luther was out here i think he was genuinely trying to reform the catholic church well, that's different that, that's yeah. the reformation i'm yeah, talking the about um king henry created Protestantism, correct? No, Luther. But the Protestant Reformation is Martin Luther. Who would King when King Henry? David, can you pull up King Henry? Uh, split from for, split from the Church, created the Church of England. It wasn't uh, the, the Martin Luther thing. I think we talked about this once. Wasn't that like cap or like kind of ignited with a, a defenestration? A defenestration it was one of my favorite words. Yeah, That's I like that. The Help act me. of someone being thrown out a window. 
the defenestration of Prague, I think it's called. There's no, a, there's that an actual up word for. But there's a word for chucking someone out a window. That's defenestration. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of my gangster. favorite words. Uh, uh, you got to make it. There, there you go. That, that's 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 your homework for the evening. You got to create a a, a, a yeah. song called defenestration. Defenestration. Yeah, yes. man. So it's like the the, the ninety five theses. He nails them on the door, yep. and he's like, "You guys are you guys are out of your mind. Mm -hmm. This stuff is wild. You can't charge for indulgences. You can't charge people to have their sins forgiven. You can't say, right, you know, right. all these because people would just pay and then all right, your sins are forgiven. Yeah, or you can like buy your way to heaven. It was like having coupons. It was like having a heaven coupon. You can buy ways. You can buy your dead relatives way into heaven. It was weird, man. And so he was going after Rome and saying, no, let's fix this. And then Rome was like, yeah, no, go F yourself. Yeah, we want that money coming in. Yeah, and then that's how that's how the Reformation started. That's that's the Protestant Reformation was a byproduct of Luther. And it was also the time when the ink press was brought over from Asia that then we can print the Bible and Luther trans help translate the Bible. And so now you can read the Bible. I can read the Bible. I can well not we probably not then, but like the Gutenberg press. Yes, yes, exactly. And so now people can read the Bible and they're looking at it and they're like wait a minute, there's nothing in here about indulgences. There's nothing in here about buying people's way out of hell. Like, what do you, what is this nonsense? And so that's when, the, and, and then Enlightenism came a little bit after that, and all these different things kind of hit around the same time. How much of the Bible do you take as the Word of God? I think the Bible is the inspired Word of God. The whole Bible? Yeah. Word now, for word. Now, now, the question is, how much of it do I take literally? Mm -hmm. That's probably a better conversation. Sure. So let's, let's sodomy. What, what about as a, as a sin against God? So does that mean that, that all gay men are sinning against God? So that's a great question. I believe anyone that isn't in a covenantal marriage relationship, anything outside of that is sexual immorality. So like my narrow, my view of that is much more narrow than sodomy. So hooking up on Tinder, friends with benefits, the dude that's going to church, sleeping with his girlfriend, and what is leading... What the point of being a rapper, Ruslan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on. So, <laughs> so, even the point here. Yeah, so it's it's actually so it's actually a more narrow definition mm -hmm. of the, than that. Like, it's like, nah, dude, like, if you want to be sexually intimate with someone, so God two men designed are in that. A, if two men are in a... Ma but marriage is, is, uh, marriage is a contract with the state. Well, in... Today's you a, you, time, you get a marriage license. Yeah, in today's state, time, yeah. but but in but in the scriptures, marriage was a covenant between you and God and, and the spouse. It was mm -hmm. you saying, "I'm going to care for this person. I'm going to take care of this person." Especially in the time where, where women were very vulnerable. Sure. Yeah. So, but between if two men were to marry, uh huh, and then they're consensual, yeah, you think that that's a sin? You're, you're asking me if I I think it's a sin, or <clears> do, do the scriptures say it's a sin? Give me both. I think the scriptures are pretty clear. In Romans one, they they laid down the natural way of having relations and they substituted that so i think the scriptures are pretty clear on that i think you know it's all it's all over first corinthians yeah so i think it's pretty clear that that but again and they say so they say no that it's not allowed it's not it's not it's not that it's not allowed it's that this is this is the issue mm -hmm. the standard is only in the confines of a heterosexual marriage period to right? have sex to have sex jesus said mm -hmm. you've heard it was said don't commit adultery Oh, yeah? I tell you, if you look at a woman lustfully, yeah, you've committed adultery your in, in your heart. So the issue becomes, that's a very high standard, right? right, right? Sure. And so what Christians have done is they've taken that and they've made that the issue, when in reality, the bar is way higher than like, 
don't be homosexual. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but I mean, but, like, but yeah, standard, so don't even be looking. Yeah, don't even be looking yeah. at at someone that's not your wife in in a way that's covetous. That's that's in the Ten Commandments. Like, don't covet your neighbor's wife. Sure, right? but at, but at the same time, right? We're we're all made in the image of God. Yeah. So do, do you believe people are born homosexual? I think people can't be born homosexual. So if people are born homosexual, then yeah. it's then it's their cross to bear for their entirety of life not to have carnal relations. If if they choose to do so. So they, I don't, they, I don't, I don't have a, an authority over what a homo. Like I don't no, have an. But, but the authority idea is that, like, if, if, if then, are are they in your estimation? Mm -hmm. Will the will the gates of heaven be open to? Them? I don't know that. I don't. I don't speak on people's eternity. I don't. I don't. Do, I don't play that game. I don't know. I have no idea. Right. So because again, so 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 let so let me just let me clarify it this way. The standard is don't look at a woman lustfully, or you're an adulterer. Standard is don't hate your brother or your murderer, right? So based on those two standards, every man in this room, with the exception of my seven-year-old, is is a murdering, adultering sinner. Yeah, I mean that that's nonsensical to a certain degree, though. Isn't it's it? nonsensical until you understand the holiness of God and how different and otherworldly God is in comparison to our finite nature. Uh, that sounds like he's petty. Doesn't sound like he's otherworldly. I mean, you could say it's petty, but it's like, hey, it sounds it, very it, strict. It, it, yeah, it, it's like strict holy yeah. set apart different right yeah so 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 again so if the standard is that petty god is my second least favorite of the christian god vindictive <laughs> god is my least if you do this the wrath of so, god will so so no no no. but but but, but check this out george so so the standard is that and then he goes okay look you guys aren't going to be able to figure this out it's just you just you're just not this is you're not you i'm 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 a holy God and you guys are flawed. Mm -hmm. So therefore I'm going to deal with this issue of sin and I'm going to figure out a way for us to be back in relationship together. And then Jesus comes, lives the life we couldn't live, dies the death we should have died on the cross, mm -hmm. bodily raises, and he deals with the issue of sin, the consequence of sin. And then he creates a pathway for us to be in the presence of God because he covers our sin and gives us new hearts, new desires, born again, the things I used to hate, I now love church, God, reading the Bible, used to hate those things. All of a sudden, I started liking them. Mm -hmm. The things I used to love, you know, sexual immorality, fornication, porn, all those things, I hated. Sure. Right? Now I hate. There's, a, there's like a, 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 Ezekiel says, you'll have a new heart. I'll take your heart of stone, I'll give you a new heart. So in terms of any sin, we're talking about a, a, a Jesus that dealt with all sin on the cross and is asking us to place his faith in him. Right? And then you, you become conformed to the image of God over time. So when I first got saved, I still kept looking at porn. It was really hard. Now, that's not a variable for me. It's not a factor for me. Right? When I first got saved, I would... You're, you're having a very serious conversation. I appreciate it. But I do just want to state for the record that you did just say you were looking at porn and it was very hard in back-to-back -back which I do agree. It was uh, hard. I was yeah. hard. And, and, your two kids. <laughs> yeah. and then, and then, and then all of a sudden, like I, I saw nothing wrong with this. Something happened, something supernatural happened. Mm. And then over time I stopped looking at porn and it became easier and easier. Right. And so I think that's the part where I think people think that God is this petty God. No, no, no. He's saying, look, I'm holy. You're not. I'll deal with it. Believe in me. And then I'll work it out in you. Right. And some people, some, some, some people, some folks love Jesus and they, they will struggle with addiction to drugs for a long time. Mm -hmm. Right. Some people will, will deal with porn for a long time. Right. That doesn't invalidate the work on the cross. Right. So it's not like it's not. And, and maybe because I don't know if you, I don't mean to project on you, but maybe it's coming from the Catholic tradition where every time you sin, you have to go do confession. Mm -hmm. Right. No, no, no. Like you confess 
and Jesus forgives your past, present, future sins. No, there, there's actually a great Irish Catholic joke. It was a, it's an old school joke. I think I might have even told you this one about. You talked about before how you know Jesus says if you if you thought about sleeping with your neighbor's wife, it's as bad as sleeping with yep. her. So, you know, old uh, old Tommy O'Shea goes into the priest and he says, "Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's mm -hmm. been two years since my last confession. Well, what what happened here, my son? Well, I saw my next door neighbor Maggie O'May. She was she was bending over outside doing the laundry, and I just, I thought about having my way with her, and mm -hmm. you know, well, son, my son, it's, it's as bad as doing it if you've thought about it. You've uh -huh. sinned in, in your heart, and it's just as bad as as if you had sinned in, in the flesh. He goes, wow. He goes, all right. Well, twenty five Hail Marys and put twenty twenty bucks in the <laughs> donation box on mm -hmm. the way out, and I'll absolve your sins. Fair enough. Says the Hail Marys. He goes by the donation box, takes the twenty out. Looks at the box, puts the twenty back in his pocket. The pastor goes, "Oh wait, what? Why didn't Why didn't you take the the twenty and give the donation?" He goes, "Well, Father, I thought about it, and that's uh, according to you just the same thing as doing it. <laughs> so uh, I think we're good here." Yeah, that's good. I, what's What's your What's your uh, thoughts on this, Mick? What's your thoughts on on um, kind of organized religion and the idea of, of Jesus as God? Um, I don't know. I guess. Uh, you know, and I I grew up a uh, Roman Catholic, and uh, but I, I guess the at the the end of the day is I don't know, I don't I, you know what I mean I I don't know, I don't know, I don't have I'm I'm not uh, made up in either way I keep I keep an open mind mm -hmm. kind of I, I have no doubt whatsoever in my mind or in my heart that there's a God that there's a universal Creator that created this. If that's the case, my biggest problem with Christianity, Islam, Judaism, are the contradictions. Okay. Right? So if we're made in his image, just going back to the homosexuality, mm. you know, I've got family members that are gay. Great people. This idea that they're born in sin and they're living in sin, if they're made in God's image, then wouldn't it, wouldn't it uh, be logically consistent to assume that part of God is gay or that God created this? purposefully mm -hmm. i mean anybody's ever seen a duckbill platypus like that thing had to be created <laughs> there's no way that thing well what do you what do you what do you believe original sin plays in the equation I, I don't i see the thing is like i don't believe if, if we're really made in his image mm -hmm. i don't see the universal creator of the, of the universe being this petty and down to this minutia mm -hmm. and i think that it's like very very simple right you know like when i look at even the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. or when you when you look at the Quran, and it's these are ways to not get killed by your neighbor in ancient times. Mm -hmm. Like, look at my wife, and I'm gonna smack you in the head with a rock. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like these are, these are like rules for life mm -hmm. to live by. These are ways to survive in very very violent times. These are ways to be cordial. It's the same thing as humans evolved, like chivalry. Like people talk about chivalry's dead. Mm -hmm. Chivalry was a real set of rules mm -hmm. that kept people from getting killed mm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Like there was a real set of rules. It was like, you know, when we get together and this army and this tribe come together, yeah. you're gonna set your you're gonna set your gear over sure. here. You're gonna shake with your right hand because that's everybody's sword hand. Mm. You're not gonna look at a woman, you're gonna bow because that sure. might be the sure. wrong guy's woman. Yeah. Like, that, and shit would really, really pop off. So chivalry wasn't about just guys being nice. Mm -hmm. It was like, dude, if you don't follow these rules, shit can go down at any second. Yeah. And I look at that, I look at the Ten Commandments in the same way. But even when I look at the Ten Commandments, right, what's the first commandment? Don't have no other gods before me. 
That's petty. I mean, it's petty until you look at the history and the context. I'm your only that. boo. Don't so, look at no other boos. I'm the only girl. <laughs> so, so, so check it out. So at that time, That's pimp hand stuff. It, it was written to a people that were polytheistic. And you would go, oh, it's wrong. They want to worship golden calves Cows and, and yeah, whatever, yeah. right? Well, what happened was they were, there was a god that the Canaanites were worshiped named Molech, right? And this god of Molech, you guys know what they did to the god for the god of Molech? No, but isn't that who Hillary Clinton still worships today? That's, that's the punchline, right? Uh, yeah. the, the, the god of Molech, they would offer babies mm -hmm. as sacrifices to the god of Molech. So there's a tie-in to like pro-choice mm -hmm. and the god of Molech, right? That's a whole nother thing. But so... These foreign gods weren't just like, yeah, just like make a statue and just no, no, no. There were there were specific things that they did that would impede on again human flourishing. They would impede on their desire to recreate, to reproduce, to flourish on this side of eternity. So it wasn't like God was being petty. It was like, no, no, no. If you go down and worship these other gods, they're gonna get you in trouble because they got some wild stuff that they're into. Right, so the God of Bilal, the way they would offer sacrifices, these weren't inconsequential things. These were actual gods that they had to do things for. And that's why, hey, and on top of which, like if there's only one God, yeah, like if, if I'm your father, Levi, don't call any other man your father. I'm your dad, <laughs> right? So if I'm the creator, what are you doing chasing ghosts for? What are you doing dabbling with this nonsense for? I'm your guy, right? If I'm my wife's husband, don't, 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 no, don't, don't be flirting with anybody else. You know, no, I'm your husband, right? So I don't think that's as wild as we think we are. I think, I think there's a, there's a healthy jealousy that we have and it's from a place of boundaries, right? It's not from a place of being petty or malicious, right? As a, as a husband, um, yeah, don't look at my wife and my wife knows there's a certain way you are to respect me as well as I, I don't speak to females. Like, I don't do that. Like, I don't have girlfriends. I mean, maybe you guys, I don't have like social female friends that you don't I like. have any social i don't female have friends? any female friends not a single one i have acquaintances i have friends that are like family friends like oh that's my buddy's wife or like that's my wife's friend mm -hmm. but I, i'm trying to th i'm really trying to think i mean i may have acquaintances with like music stuff but no i don't have any like girls that i'm like hey like how's happy birthday like no i got a like a woman's pastor at our church that like is like i'm sick of mother to me you know she's in her 50s but no i don't have any female friends do you, do you think women should be priests Pastors? Do I think lead? women should be priests? Yeah, should they lead, should they lead congregations? So a pastor, elder. There's, there's, it depends how you're using a word. So there's a couple different definitions. Well, I'm not a biologist. I'm going to say somebody, <laughs> who, somebody who identifies as a. As no, a, it's a, it's a great. Should Zuby be allowed to? No, not. It's a great question. So 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 the women pastor thing. If we're talking about uh, the pastor in the sense that Titus and Timothy says the word pastor elder, that is an overseer of a local congregation, mm -hmm. right? I think women could do everything in a church. I think they can lead worship. I think they can preach. I think they could teach. Nothing I think before do, the butt matters. I think I think, <laughs> I think they could do everything. However, I'm not going to use the word butt. I never. I'm not going to use the word butt. I think the title of overseer of a local congregation is reserved for a man. I do believe that. Why? Uh, because that's the way God laid it out. That's the, that's the way it's laid out, you know? So that doesn't mean that they, that they are less... It's, it's, uh, have you ever heard of complementarianism? No. Complementarianism is the idea that men and women are equal in dignity and value and worth. However, we have different roles, right? And so a lot of the stuff you're probably hearing from like the red, mad, red pill manosphere community, it's borrowing from Christian complementarianism so that um, I'm stronger than my wife, substantially stronger. Right. My wife, though, is stronger in a different way in that she pushed out a human. 
two humans out of her, right? So we're we're both strong, but we're strong in different ways. We both have value, but we're valuable in different ways, right? Like I Which earn is something I, I believe. In. Yeah, I earn. I don't think anybody. So 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 then just yeah. that, that that which is common sense when you when, when we, we really say it out loud. It. Yeah. yeah, and that's one of the one yeah. you know feminism for all the the good that it yeah. did for a long time. I think now trying to replace. So feminism pushes egalitarianism. That's the opposite. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It okay. doesn't. It doesn't. It. it it's phony egalitarian. It's, it's yes, agree. It, it's it's almost cronyism in many ways. Yes. Um, so so in the same way, we would say men and women are different. That's good. God designed it that way. Bro, in God. broad strokes, not, we, not yeah, different. in broad strokes, yeah. right? Not not one for one, but in broad strokes. And then we would so then we would just apply that same thing to running a church institution. We would say men and women are different. Women have value. They can do stuff in the church. They can teach. They can. I, this is my position. I'm not speaking on behalf of all Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that is, that the the head is reserved for a man, and and we would do the same thing in a marriage. We're equal. However, um, if 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 it were to ever come down to a trump card, I would have the trump card as as the as the head of the household. Never comes to that because I think I'm a pretty dope husband that I don't have to like woman. Like I've never had. I think I've ever, I think I've done that once or twice in my entire marriage. That doesn't really come down because if you are a good leader, I don't have to remind you that I'm a great leader. I just lead, mm-hmm. you know, and then I, and a good leader listens, right? In, in any organization, it's the same way in a marriage, the same way in a church. So yes, this would be complementarianism. It's under attack right now in Christianity. And, uh, but I think it's congruent with scripture. And I think it's congruent with common sense. When is a woman going to have time to go plant a church if most women need to have children before the age of 35? Most churches get planted under the age of 35. How does that work? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying there's not exceptions to the rule, but, you know, so it's like this whole idea of like, you need to go get your education and get a four-year degree and run up $100,000 in student loan debt. Why? Oh, because, you know, you're empowered. And then what happens? Well, then you get married at 30. And then what? And then you have kids and don't work anymore. Like, that doesn't make any sense, but that's what's being preached to women nowadays, right? How many women do you guys know that went to college, got degrees, got a bunch of debt, Mm -hmm. and then settled down and want to have families and and it either couldn't right i mean this is this is very common that i'm seeing i don't know if you guys see it in yeah yeah i actually pretty much reject the idea that women seem forced to either have to choose between having a family or a career yeah you know and that that seems to be like they they, they force women to have this choice you're either going to be a career woman right. or you're going to be a family woman and then uh yeah i mean but again, I, you, and listen, you're very, very eloquent in these arguments. I appreciate you taking the time. You're to keeping me sharp, man. No, this I is appreciate stuff, you. This isn't stuff I think about a lot, but Gerard's asking all the great questions. Uh, you know, it, but it, again, it just comes down to like, to me, these are contradictions. You know, these are contradictions. Okay. It's like we're equal, but we're not. Like some people are more well, equal. Okay, well, let, let, me, like, let, me, let me push back a little bit. And by the way, I want to I want to tell you guys, this is this is educational for me because I get to gleam and, th- and see how, how you guys think and how people that don't think like I do think. So this is actually really helpful. Um... I don't know if they're contradictions as much as they're paradoxes. So a paradox can mm. seem like a contradiction on the surface, but it's a paradox. Mm. It's they're both true, right? So Jesus is fully God, yet he was fully man. That sounds like a contradiction. It's not, right? It's 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 Christology. They're both true. Mm-hmm. Right? Me and my wife are equal, yet I'm the head. They're both true, right? So I think that's a that's a that's a it's it's everywhere we look. But I think uh, uh, if we just look at it on a surface level, we could say, oh, that that's a contradiction. Yeah, I think if we think a little deeper, we go, no, there's a lot of paradoxes in our society that we would say, man, that's actually you know that's that's true, but it may feel like a contradiction when you scratch the surface. I level. feel like that that's a great way to put it, but I also feel like that's very convenient when you're the guy that's in charge. 
It's like, oh, look, I, it's in the scripture. Don't blame me. It's, it's I'm not in it's charge, going. though. Like, I'm not in charge. Like, I'm not in charge over people's eternity. I'm not in charge over, like, I, I'll be frank with you. Like, if there's a, ch there's a whole chapter in the book of Corinthians, which if you guys just want to just trip out and read, like, just a crazy book in the Bible, mm -hmm. go to the book of 1 Corinthians. It's short. It's, 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 it's super fascinating. So the church in Corinth, crazy, wild church. These folks get saved. It's actually the first uh, earliest book in the New Testament epistles because it was an oral tradition. This is the first letter written to a church. Churches were planted. Things were booming. Things are happening. And there's this church in Corinth. They're a port city. There's, it's, it's the nightlife. It's a, a metropolitan, a lot like Miami. Well, and Just it, real quick before yeah. we move forward. When you say churches are planted, what do you, what do you mean? That means, that means Paul or Peter or James or Thomas. Like Thomas went and planted, Thomas and Jude planted the church in Armenia. Mm -hmm. And that's that's where my tradition comes from, the Armenian church. Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark, went. He was close with Peter. He went and planted the church in Egypt, right? Um, so different folks, Thomas, doubting Thomas. Uh, so different folks went and planted they go out, churches. They proselytized. Yes. They excuse recruit. me. Bar Bartholomew planted the church in Armenia. Thomas planted the church in uh, India. So yeah, they go out and they preach the gospel, and then they they plant churches and they they, they start as Bible studies, and then they grow. And so the church in Corinthians, right? wild wild town to the point where paul is writing them and he's like it's like a nice sandwich right it's like you guys are great you love jesus it's awesome like first chapter and second then chapter three is like you guys are kind of worldly and you're carnal and then chapter five comes around this is the gnarliest chapter i think in all the scripture and he goes okay like you guys are sitting in ways that not even the pagans are sitting in he says because a man in his church has his father's wife and you're okay with this and you're tolerating this, and you're not tolerating. You're celebrating this. You said a, a man in his church, church has his, his father's wife. Has his father's wife? He's smashing his father's wife. So we don't know if that's a stepmom or his bio mom. Either way, pretty wild for that to be happening in church, and the church was okay with it. Mm -hmm. So he's rebuking them, chapter five, rebuking right. them. Read this; it's nuts. And so he goes on to say, and he's like, "I wrote, I wrote to you guys in my previous letter, like, don't associate with people that are sexually immoral." Mm -hmm. I wasn't talking about people in this the is world. Paul's letter. This to is the Paul's. Prisoners. Yeah, mm -hmm. he said I wasn't talking about people in the world because then you wouldn't be able to associate with anybody. I'm talking about people in the church. Mm. Don't associate with the brother who is sexually immoral, who's sleeping around, who's doing this stuff. Don't associate. Cancel. Don't eat with such a man. Original cancel culture. Literally. Although in fairness, eat. if you're going to cancel somebody. But, but check this out. He says. smashing his mom might be. Yeah. They're pretty bad, right? <laughs> but check this out. He's like, don't eat with such a also, man. Also, judge not lest ye be judged. We don't know. I mean, what should look like? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's he so, to say? So, so, so look, he says, don't, don't, uh, don't judge folks outside of the church. God's going to judge the folks outside of the church. You worry about judging those inside of the church and keeping the church holy. You worry about that. So expel the wicked from among you. And then he goes and say, hand him over to Satan so that maybe if he falls on his face, he'll come back and he'll get his senses right. So this is a church that is, I think, substantially worse than anything we've, we've seen in America, right? And he's telling them like, expel the wicked from among you. And by the way, hey, don't judge people in the world. That's really not your business. Your business is just those inside the church. Mm -hmm. So for so so when like any of these issues come up, I'm like, dude, like, it's really not my business. Clean your own house first. Clean, take care of you. Clean your bed. Clean your was it Jordan Peterson. Yep. Do your bed. Make your bed. 12, 12 steps. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think that to me should be the posture of Christians. Hey, we need to make sure our house is clean. We need to make sure these churches are healthy. We need to make sure that we're actually caring for the widow, caring for the orphan, which is what James, the brother of Jesus, said true religion is. We need to make sure that we're caring for the least of these. All these other peripheral issues, man, that's not my business. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter. Now, if you ask me, like, well, is the standard of scripture? I would say, yeah, and more. 
The standard of scripture is, yeah, that's no, that's off limits. And a lot of stuff is off limits, right? Mm -hmm. And so whether it's profanity or whatever. So I think that's the part where just people miss it. And they think that like, I'm here to like be the world police. Like mm -hmm. I, it's none of my business with, with folks who aren't Christians do. It really isn't, right? It, it, it's, it's like, we could talk about like, is this going to cause flourishing or not flourishing? Is it beneficial? Is it not beneficial? Right? But it's really not my business what people do in the privacy of their own homes. That, that would have been a message, I got to tell you, Ruslan, that if I had heard that message 30 years ago, the church would have been way more attractive to me. Yeah, it's unfortunate that, that we don't talk about that. It's yeah. a chapter in the Bible. It's literally a chapter in the Bible. The, <laughs> it's the, like, judgmental, yo. the judgmental nature of it was always the biggest turnoff to me. And I'd see people that... You know, and let me, let, me, let me just add to that, Gerard, because what's happened is we've done the opposite. Christians have judged the world and looked the other way to the church. Correct. The circles right. back to the hypocrisy specifically right. with right. pedophilia. And that's why when going back to the stuff you see on my channel, that's why I have to call <clears throat> some of this stuff out. That's why I have to address some of these goofy pastors. That's because I'm like, dude, we can't, we can't just go on and acting like there's not a massive elephant in the room mm -hmm. of how profitable this is, yep. how little actual charitable work is getting done, Correct. you know, and, and just how dysfunctional some of these personalities are that, again, I don't think these guys are demonic. I think they started out meaning well, and over time, they drifted. You think Joel Osteen started out meaning well? I think Joel Osteen started out meaning well. I think Joel Osteen's dad was a great preacher, and Joel Osteen wanted to do a f cool, modern twist, and we're going to make it Disneyland for church, and this is going to be fun. Yeah. And then then over time, it got $20, bigger. Twenty thousand dollars suits. It got bigger. He, you know, he he know. Hey, if I don't if I don't call out the sin, do we, what do we just talk about? Calling out sin in the church. If I don't call out the sin, if I don't talk about the hard stuff, if I don't tell people to repent, keep your doors closed yeah. during a hurricane. Yeah, your own yeah, schmuck, total schmuck. You yeah, know? I don't know and, how you continue going off like yeah. that. Yeah, and so I think Joel uh, Joel Osteen, I think is 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 someone that drifted over time and became so insulated that now he fights. YouTube ad copyrights strikes with Christian YouTubers because they did a critique of his sermon. This is happening to my buddy of mine. They have to provide proof that they're going to take him to federal court in the next 10 days or they got to drop the claim. Like that's how petty Lakewood Church has gotten. Like a, he's going after Christian YouTubers overreacting to his sermons. I think the dude is totally checked out. And it's sad because I don't think he's meant to be that guy. I just think this is what happens when people become powerful and insulated. What, Nick, what do you think about the fighters that use God as a, as oh, that's a great their their excuse or their the source of their strength while they're committing violence against other people? Um, Just I don't know. I don't think it, I think death with your hands, and the first thing you do is I got to thank God. Thank God. Um, I mean, I don't look at it that I, I guess it's not like they're they're uh, going beating up some random guy on the street who's not didn't sign up for it. And is like, thank God, thank you God for letting me whoop his ass. You know what I mean? It's like everyone signs up for it. Yeah. So, and you know, it, it's uh, it, it you know, it could be their platform to spread their their message. You, you ever prayed I mean? before your fight? Um, me, uh, early when I was in before like jujitsu uh, competitions when I was younger, I did. Yeah, like I said, like I, I'm uh. I don't know. I I guess I don't have as as strong uh, convictions. I guess as you two with this, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm more like spiritual than like. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a Reiki. The light in me. Is that, so let me let me let me let me ask you that. So, but going back to the idea. So, if someone were to pray, or or give God the credit, contradiction or paradox. 
I I don't I think I don't see any like uh, inconsistencies with it. Yeah. I think it's something that they can derive strength from. It's something they can derive belief from. It's something that you know can uh, give them purpose and different things like that. So I I don't really see uh, I don't see you know paradox or any, any you know yeah. really there. I guess Gerard might for some reason. I don't, be, but like I said, it's it's a competition. It's yeah, it's a violent competition, but you know we both sign up for it. It's not like you're do, just like you beating harm to someone club. just yeah, to yeah, yeah just yeah. To, you know what I mean. It's yeah. like we we signed up. There's you know this is what this is what we do for work. There's there's money on the line. I'm trying to feed my kids. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Again, I'm just a cynical prick, I guess. But the, <laughs> the you know everybody's always giving glory to God after they hit the home run. I've been in a lot of dugouts. I never saw anybody thanking God after a strikeout. Not a one, so yeah. you know. You know, you've never, you've never, you've never taken an L, and then been like, "I'm glad I took that L. That wasn't for me. Thank God." You've never felt that way. You have any fucking idea how many L's I've taken in my life? I, I mean, like I've that. taken any, a lot of L's. Any too. Any I had dude. for the L's went out like, <laughs> "Oh, I, I'm so sorry, Levi. Yeah. You're, you're, you're." Uh, yeah, you've taken. Yeah, we've. I think we've all taken L's, man. Yeah, but I've never been like. Yeah, good L. Says you're <laughs> good L. Good L. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. No, no. Nah, nah. It's uh, it, matter of fact, it's always been the exact opposite. Really? I'll, I'll stew on it for months and years until I get my revenge. I am the vindictive god. Okay. Yeah, but I am. I was made in his image. Let me so. let, <laughs> let me let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you guys this. Where are you guys at with? I think the cornerstone of what I believe isn't the Ten Commandments, it isn't the church. I think the cornerstone of what I believe is the, is the bodily resurrection of Jesus. It, it's interesting you said that, because as I sit here listening to you, you sound more like a Buddhist who believes in Jesus than a Christian. Okay, define that. Well, are you familiar with Buddhism? A bit. So, you know, maybe maybe even like a Hindu. You know, you're, you're almost like yin and yang, all things in moderation. Uh, judge not. It's not your place to judge. Are you familiar with Alan Watts at all? Mm-mm. Yeah, I would love, 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 love nothing more than to sit down. And all the hours I've listened to Jordan Peterson, as much as I, I respect him, I would love to ask him about Alan Watts because you know he's discipline and conformity and and doing the right things and, and structure, you know. And the yang to that is none of this matters. What really? Who cares? Mm. You should be out here playing. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the the this this world is here for music and laughter. It's it's finite, and that's mm-hmm. Alan Watts, and he, Alan Watts is just putting a white face on Buddhism. Hmm. That's you interesting. Know? So yeah, I mean, I think I think these are things that, I, in my opinion, are so evident in Scripture. You know, and I think that the the hurdles that people have are more man made, and they're more things as again as a byproduct of human nature and evil in the world and absolute power and all these things that we look at other institutions and we go, oh yeah, that's jacked up. But for some reason, it's it's tough when it's attached to faith. But I think the reality is also if the bodily resurrection of Jesus happened, then that changes how I view everything before that and after that. And so I look at my life, I look at the scriptures, I look at history through the lens of that event. And if that event happened, which I believe it happened mm-hmm. based on the testimony of the apostles, the fact that they, they had nothing to gain from that. They had everything but, but for to a long time, that. you didn't, right? Well, so well actually, I, f- I find that interesting. Okay. Um, so could you, uh, because I, I mean, obviously I'm familiar with the story uh, of the resurrection, Easter, all that. Yep. Um, I'd like to hear uh, like your version. 
Because it, because that's something you brought up a few times. Like the you said, the bodily resurrection is like kind of the cornerstone of yes. your belief. Yeah. So, uh, take take me through that. So, like yeah. they crucified Jesus. Crucified Jesus. He died. He dies. They buried him. They put, put him, him in, in a put tomb. A, put him in a tomb. Put the rock in yeah. front. Put him in another man's tomb. Another man's tomb. Yeah, it wasn't even that. his tomb. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, Jesus didn't. They did. He. Did, Jesus wasn't like a super. They just kind of tossed him in there with. Well, it was a it was a wealthy man who was a follower of him that went and got his body. They put him in a tomb. Okay. Put the rock in front. Yeah, put the rock in front. They, they they put guards in front of the tomb, and uh, and he defies. They put any, guards in front of the tomb yeah, they Roman, because they were prepared for they, him. To, they thought an he insurrection. Was a rebel, yeah, he they was, thought an insurrection he, he was, was going to start. Insurrection. insurrection was going to start. Yeah, they thought they were going to steal the body. They, they okay. yeah. So they were preparing for it. And they then, thought an insurrection, but they got a resurrection. Jesus they got a resurrection. To... Come on. Come on. That could preach. That could preach. Yeah. So he so 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 three days later, he starts appearing to people, right? It starts after the women run to the tomb and they see that uh, the tomb is empty, right? The rock has moved, the tomb is empty. The, the soldiers are freaking out because that's their life on the line. And all of a sudden, there's no body, there's no tomb, there's nothing. And then he just starts appearing to people. He starts appearing to this group of disciples, this group of disciples. And then eventually, he fully appears to all of them. And not only did he appear to all of them, he appeared to all of them. you say appeared? Like he Physically, was there, like we're yeah. here so, talking, like yeah, he was yeah, so there. So, so we yeah, believe in this idea of a, of a glorified body, not a ghost, a glorified body. So when we get to heaven, we'll have a perfected body, a void of all the sin. That 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 this world has put on us, right? Um, so we'll be us. I'll get my abs eventually, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gerard will be eight percent body fat. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be up so so eight percent. I'm never gonna wear a zipper, not even once. Eight percent body fat. Jesus shows up. His abs are even more shredded. No, I'm right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Jesus shows up Jesus. and he starts he starts showing himself right to to them. And but but it but then it like increases. So now do we do they talk about like? Like his travels or like what like how the, the stone was never moved the stone was moved it was moved right it was moved yeah by probably by an angel or by jesus himself i don't know who moved the stone and so and so here's and now he goes into town and starts, he goes into town he's around for 40 days he appears to all the apostles everyone then he appears to a crowd of 500 mm. right and all of this goes back to again first corinthians the earliest and he's like written. showing the holes in his the hands whole thing thomas like, is right. like you know thomas is doubting he's like here you know the whole bit so he's like here here like he's just here's i'm here right we're here right. and so he shows himself to 500 and and then all of this is documented in the first creed which is in first corinthians chapter 15 where people read it and they think it's the apostle paul writing again first corinthians the first book ever written in, uh the first letter in the new testament and he says this that i've received i've passed down to you and that first creed is jesus died for your sins as according to the scripture that he was crucified that he rose from the grave according to the scripture and that he revealed himself to the apostles to james his, his brother right because remember james wasn't a follower he wasn't an apostle and then he uh and then peter and all these guys and, and then to the 500 and then last of all to myself so paul is reciting a creed from the like a oral creed from the very first couple days weeks years after he's jesus been kind of was documenting around. jesus he's been, motions not only just documenting like this is what was common amongst the early church this creed that he puts in the first corinthians chapter 13 and so that that makes it into scripture but that's pre-scripture that's pre that book mm -hmm. and so all of these folks believed the claims that is that they believed enough that they were willing to all be martyred and die awful deaths and stand nothing to gain from it and everything to lose from it on top of 
everything that happens after that, which is where church history becomes really fun. And Protestants don't really talk about church history. But again, Bartholomew goes to Armenia. Bartholomew and Jude goes to our, go to Armenia, right? Peter goes to Rome. Paul is just everywhere. He's just traveling around, right? Uh, Doubting Thomas goes plants a church in, uh, in India. And, there's, and all these folks have successors, right? Um, uh, uh, um, Jerome and all these guys that are like, they knew Peter and they all go on writing stuff. And, and so, so it's not like this, like one thing. And then like Peter plants a church in Rome and then you get the Catholic church. No, there was dozens of churches all over the world. They were spreading everywhere. And then you get these, you get into the Nicene Creed and they, and then the letters start happening and they start transcribing. There's one gospel called the gospel X where they believe the other gospels come from, uh, Luke, uh, writes Luke and then writes Acts, the early church. So it's like but Luke was hundreds of years after. No, Luke right? was about was Luke. Luke was written. The theory is that all of the Gospels and all of the New Testament was written before seventy A.D. because the temple and Jerusalem was destroyed in seventy A.D. So the, the, the this is more of a conservative position that I would hold is that uh, because that was like Jerusalem burning was such a big deal that like there's no way this stuff was written afterwards because they all would have referenced what a catastrophic event Jerusalem burning in 70 AD ha had been on, on the Jewish people. So um, if you don't mind, back to the, uh, so you said Paul was the last one to see him? Paul was the last, no, 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 the, there was the 500, and then, yeah, and then he appears to Paul, who Paul hates Christians. He's on, he's working to destroy the church, and he is on his way to um, uh, Damascus, on the road to Damascus, and then mm -hmm. Jesus literally knocks him off his high horse. He's blind. He hears a voice, instantly converts to becoming a Christian, goes sits with the apostles at the church, and then Paul writes the, the like, I think more than 60% of the New Testament epistles and really, really takes it to another level and spreads. So spreads then heaven. Jesus is just, he ascends back to ascends heaven? Ascends to heaven, yeah, after, after 40 days. Okay. Yeah. And now is that, now, so that's the 40 days after Easter, after his yeah, rise? Yeah, so some people so, still celebrate we, that 40 days. Don't, I, does, I thought the 40 days came before Easter. Like no, I think that's, Lent that's to, uh, Lent, yeah, right? Lent. I'm, that's more of the Lent side of things. And um, what is it? Uh, what were they going into when Jesus got crucified? Uh, I should know this. Well, it was a festival. The, 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 the Passover, the yeah, Passover, Passover, right? So they were going in for the Passover, and I think there was something before that Passover. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, Jesus doesn't necessarily uh, have to be God to be an interesting character. And this is something I think, you know, Christians get offended when I say this. Is this the thing that you wouldn't say with Enzo? Yeah. Enzo didn't want me to talk about this. Yeah. Well, you, you could have just talked about it. But, yeah, he was, <laughs> I was, he was but I'm respectful. I'm respectful of people. Like, you know, the, the <laughs> idea of um, Jesus the rebel interests me far more than the idea of Jesus the God. Okay. It, it, it resonates with me more as well. The, the, you know, here's, are you familiar with the, the Pantera theory? Mm-mm. The idea that that they they know the soldier that raped Mary and and mm -hmm. Jesus's parentage goes to this soldier named Pantera. Okay, um, stationed in Syria, German born, and um, the idea that this that this was a guy, and try to just think of it from a contemporary perspective, mm -hmm. and that this is. Her, uh, her, you know, as, as blasphemous and yeah, it's, <laughs> okay. like, it's, it's yeah. rough to say, but, but virgin but it's, birth it's off the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's a rape birth. Um, yeah, and also Mary was what thirteen. Yeah, she was she was young. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Um, again, when we think about Mary, and and again, we, we presentism is a disease that we all live, that 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 our, our current culture is suffering from. But um, 
I'd love to hear you say the story without presentism and contemporary and uh so there was a soldier Pantera. Hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. Real yep. quick. Yep. Are you good? Do you need do you need the charger? No. Okay. Let me can I set yeah. it up for the charger? Let's yeah, for a, sure. Let's get a cover. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. So we left off on you talking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then we had to, to break for a second, but that that was. Um, I'll get back into the Pantera thing. But you were saw you were saying off camera that you, that you used to be pretty strong in your faith. You used to feel very very strong and. Uh yeah, like I grew up like with uh like we used to like go to church on on Saturdays and stuff and you know. On Saturdays. We go Saturdays a lot. There's Saturdays and Sundays. Hmm. But whatever. Uh, it's the same same difference. But uh, are you, is your family still? like religious and my like my grandmothers yeah yeah uh yeah my my one grandmother especially yeah but uh yeah when, no when I, I grew up like away? when did you start like walking away from it or questioning See, that's the thing that? is like I, I wouldn't say i was I'm walking away with it. I, honestly go going to church was the most boring hour so of my boring. week so you know what i mean like that was that, that i didn't enjoy that um, i mean think about it you're a but kid I, and they give you booze and it's still boring it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's only a sip at the end. Hey, you know what I, mean? it's like, it's like, I was I was an altar boy, bro. So I yeah. I appreciated the holy wine. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. No. I. Uh, yeah. I, I. I guess I had uh, like a a, a, uh, a strong relationship with God, like growing up. Um, Did you it's think not really like I really lost it, but like I didn't. Um, I don't know. I just became. I, I'm. I'm open to a lot of things. I think there's a lot of stuff out there. I think there's stuff from all different like uh you know like there's buddhist stuff i like there's different there's different stuff i like there i'm i'm I'm, you know i'm big into karma i think karma is a is a a, you know real thing i think uh you know i I don't know there's just a lot and it's not you know it's just kind of my like my my i just know there's a there's a lot out there and there's not and uh Nothing has been necessarily like proved beyond a doubt, and I, and I know that's why it's faith and different stuff. But so that it's just it's kind of just kept me. Uh, you guys know who that's I, why I've I've been quiet too. Like I said, like you guys seem like you definitely have strong convictions, and you have are you know well read in in, in in these subjects. And I'm a little more up up in the air, and little you know it's, I'm still kind of figuring my my stuff out. So you guys know who Alex Hermosi is. No. You should check out Alex Ramos. You guys would like it. Yeah. So Alex Ramos is an interesting guy. He's a he has this company called Jim Launch Acquisition.com. You grew multiple hundred million dollar businesses. Really interesting guy. Comes from the fitness community. And so he's blowing up in like the self-help. I don't even call it self-help, it's just business. Like he just did does really good business stuff. And he You know why you're not rich? You're not working hard enough. Probably, Work more hours. Probably, yeah. No, he <laughs> he's he's a little different. He uh he opened up on the Graham Stephan show about his faith. And he came out, I was like, oh, yeah, like I used to be a really, really hardcore Christian. Da, da, da. And me and him engaged a little bit in DM. And so anyway, he came on the second time and, and he made this point. He said, so now he's like a nihilist. Like he's just like, it doesn't matter. I'm nihilist agnostic. Mm-hmm. And he said, you can cut it either way. Like if you're being objective and reasonable, because we're not talking about proof, right? We're talking about that something that you can believe in with a confidence beyond a reasonable doubt, mm-hmm. right? A, 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 we, I can't show anyone, like, look, the tomb is empty. I mean, I guess you can go to Jerusalem and show the tomb is empty, but you can't. I, it's, it's not the same. Did I, did I tip that? Okay. So we're not talking about proof, right? Like, it's not empir- empirical proof. We're talking about something that is formed based on a, a series of claims that's beyond a reasonable doubt. And so he, who's not a Christian anymore, he's, a, he's a, again, agnostic, nihilist, will, will, made the argument that, like, 
if you look at all the evidence and you look at the resurrection, you can, you can cut it either way. You can really look at it objectively and say, man, Jesus might be who he really is. Jesus might be who he really claimed to be. Jesus might, like, there's yeah. enough there. And it could go the other way, right? I believe that Jesus is who he says he was, that he wasn't a crazy man. He wasn't just a rebel. He wasn't just a good teacher. I believe he is who he really says he is. Based on history and, and how much that transformed history and based on the actual in, like the actual experience I had where I grew up in a single parent home my dad left my mom divorced single mom on out addicted to alcohol on welfare my life outside of playing basketball I had no structure and then like I had this dark trajectory and like God intervened and like grabbed a hold of me and literally everything changed you know like I got friends that are that did spent the most of their adult life in prison. I got friends that have died in gang wars. I've got like I got friends that are in prison till this day, and like something happened, man. Something supernatural happened that I I I don't think it was just placebo, you know. So and then I looked at and but but what convinced me was the history part. Like what convinced me was reading a book called The New Evidence That Demands a Verdict. I was a sophomore dating a Jehovah's Witness girl, super confused, not sure if Jesus was God. And I was working at a pizza hut and they recommended a book this thick. And it was by a guy named Josh McDowell. Oddly enough, I'm friends with his son now. He would be a great guest on your podcast, Dr. Sean McDowell. He has a YouTube channel. I read his book as a 16-year-old sophomore in high school and was like, dude, there's enough here. And then I surrendered my life to Jesus and, and literally everything changed. And it was a supernatural event that was like, I'm telling you, dude, the things I hated, I started to love, and the things I loved, I started to hate, and it made no sense on paper. And then a couple years later, I meet my wife, you know, c keep going. I, I, like I'm, I'm at the same church. I've been in the same church for 20 years, and the, the trajectory that our friends have gone down, the trajectory that, that we've gone down, and the fact that like everything just aligned, and then when you add kids into the equation, and it's like there's another human mm -hmm. that like had that not happened, I wouldn't have met my wife. Had I not met my wife, there wouldn't be another human, two humans. And these humans are going to, like, it, it, it's, it's, it's a paradox, again, of free will sure. and, and there being a, a form of providence and predestination that God is on the throne. Psalm 24, one says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all the people in it. Ultimately, Jesus is king. Ultimately, it all belongs to him. So the more I just surrendered and was willing to cooperate, the more that led to flourishing. So th th to me, this almost goes back to what Mickey was saying earlier, though. Like, you don't have to be a Christian to to appreciate the structure that Christianity gives you and the the path that it can put you on. And it's do this, don't do that. This is good. This is bad. Sure. Associate with yourself with these people. Don't associate yourself with those people. Um, we talked about Napoleon Hill manifesting your future. Manifesting is just another word for praying, right? In many different ways. If you're meditating, that's prayer. I mean, they, to me, so many of these things are are the same. So, like, and this is not to question your faith or anything like that. Sure. It's, it's simply. Of course, good things started happening once you started making the right decisions and you started living a structured lifestyle. Right. But it was, so, but it was, but it wasn't just I started making the right decisions. It was there was a changing of my will. There was some the trajectory of my being became different. It was like a light switch went on. Why was, you though? I don't know because God is good because I didn't deserve it because I was a scumbag of a kid that like got arrested at eleven for breaking into houses with a single mom that was working nights running the streets. Like I, I don't know. 
because I was an idiot. Like I have no idea, you know. It just something happened. Mm. Well, you two, gotta, two. You got to go back and tell your. Uh, okay, you yeah. Go so back and tell your things. I will, and and so it's interesting that you talked about the historical <coughs> aspect of it because the historical Jesus interests me very, very, very much. Believe in him as the as the Son of God or not, the fact that everybody in the world knows who this guy, this peasant, uh, who lived in a in a in a colony in a colonized. Uh, uh, Galilee. What good comes out of Galilee? Yeah, that's what they it, said about it. And that's two thousand years ago. Yeah. Everybody knows who he is. I mean, you know, um, whether he exists or not, or he was an amalgamation of different. St- like to me, the historical Jesus is very, very interesting. You know, Islam talks about Jesus as a prophet. Um, the rebel aspect, the political aspect, and it's so interesting to me because in these times, people are taking politics as their religion, hmm. and they're they're you know performing these ideas of faith. And when I hear what you said before, you know about well, you know it's faith to me that that's trust the science to me. That's mm. trust the science. Okay. The, you don't need I don't I don't need to show you my work. Just trust the science. That's bringing it back to faith. That's not what science is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, the evidence you're talking about, Sean McDonald, I'll be interested to talk to him about noetic science. Noetic science started with a group of scientists who wanted to um, use technology and mathematics to disprove religion. Mm-hmm. And they ended up proving that there's something here that we can't account for. Mm. They almost proved religion. 28 grams, the soul, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And it, it, it opened up more questions than it gave answers. Yeah. I mean, uh, fine-tuning of the universe. Richard Dawkins just came out this week in a conversation with Francis Collins, who's a person of faith, and came out and said, man, the fine-tuning of the universe is actually a really good argument for there being a God. Mm-hmm. Richard Dawkins, like the 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 atheist guy, mm-hmm. the, the face of modern-day atheism, came mm-hmm. out and said, yeah, fine-tuning of the universe is a good argument for God. Well, th- th- you can believe that there's a creator of the universe. Can you, in your estimation, believe that there's a creator of the universe without believing that Jesus is the son of that creator? You could, sure. People could believe whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if you seek, I think if anyone genuinely wants to seek out Jesus, but through the history or through being humble enough to say, Jesus, if you really are who you claim to be in the scriptures, reveal yourself to me. And, and whatever that means, like if, if somebody's bold enough to pray, because that, that's, that's what I did. I, if you're really, Jesus, if you're really God, show yourself to me. Prove, prove, you know, reveal yourself to me. And he did. So I think anyone that's willing to say that and, 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 and wherever the by, most reasonable... By changing your will? By, by changing my will, by like these weird experiences that I kept having with God just placing people in my life that just, you know, that, I mean, there's so many stories I, I could tell you guys about just random providential experiences of like people way before, when I was, when I got arrested, I was 11, 10, 12 years old saying I was an atheist. Like I was projecting that because of the stuff that I had seen um, in church, because of the hypocrisy that I saw in church, right? Um, and uh, my, my dad leaving my mom. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in San Diego. And okay. so we came out as refugees, 1991, pogroms of Baku in Soviet Russia, never went to church. Come to America, all of a sudden, there's this Armenian church and we're all going. My mom and my dad, my, my dad and my mom are together. They split, the church remarries my dad, even though they weren't supposed to. My mom leaves the church. I still stick around, become an altar boy. The, the, the community was thriving because these are all these refugees from Baku in this church, this Armenian church. I, I just went a couple weeks ago, so I don't have any hostilities towards them. And what happened was I was, a part, I, was a, I was an altar boy, and there was these kids that were like 13, 14, 15 years old, and I was like seven, eight, nine years old, and, and I ended up getting molested by these kids. And 
when that happened, I, it was flipped and pinned to make me look like the aggressor. And my entire like local community ostracized me, my family. It was really, really dark. And so, I, and it was like the church didn't do anything about it. Like, they were, like it was known. And so I grew up like, dude, if there's a God, like he hates me. And he yeah, there. why would he let that happen? Why would he let that happen yeah. to me? Why would he let my dad leave? And now me and my mom are on welfare. Yeah. My dad has a new family. He's, you know, and, and again, we're good now. Me and my father are actually really close now. Um, why would he allow this to happen to me? And then there was a lady, I was, there was two refugee families in an all black apartment complex in, in Southeast San Diego, it was the Normal Heights area, East San Diego. And the, the, the manager, this lady named Cherie, who I'm still friends with till this day, like, dude, we, one night her son slept in my, in my house. We'd have like these sleepovers across the building. It's like an eight unit building, um, drive by at her house, literally like the, the back alleyway shot up bullets where we were, where we would have been sleeping. Right. Cherie gets saved in jail. She goes to jail for moving weight, like big amounts of cocaine, goes to jail, gets radically saved in jail. The whole apartment complex gets saved because of her getting saved. And this is like now we're talking about the Black Baptist tradition, totally different. And I got arrested, atheist, and they were like, and I had to do community service. So I go do community service at this Black Baptist church. And everyone there was like, God's going to use you. God's going to do something in your life. And I'm like, there is no God. And if there is, he hates me. And then five years later, God puts more people in my life. My, my science teacher in high school is a Christian, right? Like my science teacher who's teaching me about evolution is a Christian telling me, right? Like it was like these weird encounters. And then I finally started dating a girl, started going to a church, dated a Jehovah's Witness girl after her, super confused, not knowing what was what. And then finally I was working at Pizza Hut. The lead driver was a Christian. My manager was a Christian. And they're like, dude, like, no, read this book. Here, they gave me this textbook. What was the name of that again? The, the New Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. And I, read, and I literally read that book, and it had like a breakdown. A lot of these like FAQ type of questions, they had like a breakdown, and I read it. And, and then I read Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, which I actually just got Adam Sauce. Uh, and the, and, and it was, Lee Strobel was an atheist journalist writing for the Chicago Tribune. Uh, trying to disprove Jesus, trying to disprove because his wife got saved. Mm -hmm. And in the process of trying to disprove Jesus, gets radically saved and becomes one of the biggest apologists for the faith when he actually went and looked at the claims of the early church. So like that was the stuff that like it was that. And then it was like the radical supernatural thing that that, that like transformed me that I was like, man, there's 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 something here. And again, and then when you factor in family and meeting your wife and, and how providential that felt like it was it was just weird. So can someone believe there's a God and not believe Jesus is his son or believe Jesus is God? Sure, someone can. But I don't know if anyone could objectively go down the rabbit hole of what the claims are, what the history is, and be willing and as, as bold to pray, Jesus, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. I, I, I don't know how anyone can do that and not come to the conclusion that Jesus is who he says he is. Interesting. And when you, when you pray, you, 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 hear, you feel like Jesus himself is listening to you? Yeah. He's hearing? He's hearing yeah. I don't always feel like it, but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah I, I think God hears me. God hears my prayers. Mm -hmm. you know? I think God heard our prayer at the beginning of this, of this conversation. I mean, I don't know. This seems like a really interesting conversation. Like, we're CIA sitting here, you know, like it's it's a pretty dope yeah. conversation. You know, I think God 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 heard that. When you when you pray, when you prayed, did you think anybody was listening? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I didn't think I, I wasn't saying it for nothing. Not just out of like routine or or. Um... No, nah, no, thought there's something to it. Mm -hmm. How about you? No. When you prayed, you didn't believe anyone was listening. No, uh, but I, but so also you're just, like you're just uh, going through the motions. Yeah, 100. percent It was cultural, you know, mm -hmm. like I, like 
we're all gonna recite the Our Father together, and then we're all gonna do a Hail Mary, and then we're all gonna stand. He's in been line. cynical always. Yeah. No, like he, but even like <laughs> this is little know, Gerard. It, it was. It was. I'm gonna from call, the you, very gonna call you doubting Gerard. Careful. Yeah. From the <laughs> careful. Very, Jesus is gonna show up to you in a dream, Gerard. Uh, I, <laughs> dude, I like. It, it, Sounds it, lovely. But this is the thing. Jesus doesn't have to. Then, and this brings us back to Pantera because Jesus doesn't have to be God for me to, to vibe. With yeah. Jesus. Can you go ahead and tell like, your blasphemous story? Yeah. Tell I mean, me the story. Tell me the story. I'm excited. But it's. But it's, it's, it's interesting not. too, like because I also think it's like it's important to express all ideas. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To consider and and just like yeah. But it, it's definitely blasphemy. It's definitely blasphemy. <laughs> but but you have to like understanding historical <laughs> context at a time. Like before before Jesus was Jesus, people thought John the Baptist was Jesus. There, there was a prophesied yeah. savior that was coming. And, yep. and you know, uh, so so much so many of these things, you know, they. They mimic ancient texts, sure. right? So whether it's Babylonian texts, whether it's uh, Gilgamesh, whether it's Zoroaster, whatever. So yeah, go through the story. Yeah. So the idea of Pantera, all right, and it, it's been it's it, this is like the most heretical uh, thing that you could say in the church. Heretical. Her, 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 heresy. Yeah, he's saying it right. Heretical. 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 No, it was just a just yeah. a big dumb word. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I said I, I said not to, it's I said something not to I said those in this words. interview will be called heretical by some crazy uh, really yeah yeah well I, not to get off topic but I was uh, oh you something. think he's about to get it too then no, yeah <laughs> I think so yeah if, if they didn't like you talking about Bruce Lee wait till I hear you talking about <laughs> Jesus buddy <laughs> could you beat Jesus in a fight Mickey <laughs> yeah so <laughs> Mickey in his mind is thinking like he's a five foot two Jewish dude malnourished yeah I'd bust him up anyway dude. <laughs> the uh, no protein, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no protein. No vegetarian, forty days in the desert. He's a buck twenty-five max. Yeah. Uh, then he starts walking on water. Oh, <laughs> yeah, walking on water can't be killed. Like, like, <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Herb Dean refuses to call off the fight. He's waiting three days. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> Jesus didn't tap, bro. <laughs> yeah, blackout before you tap out. Jesus. Anyway, um, that's definitely heresy. All right. Uh, <laughs> closer to blasphemy, <laughs> Gerard. That's closer to blasphemy. <laughs> Let's so, get on with it, you blasphemous son of a bitch. Yeah, today. dude. So the idea is Pantera. Um, Rome had just conquered Palestine. Mm -hmm. it, it it was in this they they were colonizing them currently and there was a ton of sex there was a huge break in in Judaism as to whether or not they were going to go along with the colonization or whether they were going to revolt against it okay and there was a huge schism within the Jewish community because no different than, than today the higher ups and the elites were like you know what we should just get along with them it's great because they were getting paid by the Romans mm -hmm. they were getting paid off the chieftains uh, to, to assimilate their underlings into Roman culture. Rome was the first, you know, this is, it's easy to see where the mafia came from, Rome, Roman soldiers. They were the first, you know, Plato or Plano, like, hey, you can be a part of Rome and enjoy all of our, all of our spoils, or you can fight against Rome and see what happens. Yep. So, you know, they were, they were getting, uh, what could, what could be, uh, what could be called a vig even back then they were getting protection money uh, Jesus was part of a sect that was vehemently opposed to going along with Rome okay and he went to Jerusalem to start shit mm -hmm. he went there 
because it was the biggest Passover festival of the year. He had got his crew together. He had been, you know, he had been recruiting people in what at the time was um, what could only be seen as, you know, he would have been seen as as maybe not a domestic terrorist, but he definitely would have been seen as a rabble rouser at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. He was going after the hierarchy of and what uh, to go back to it. What was his motivation for doing so? Well, it's interesting. If, if, the idea is, I mean, think put yourself in historical Jesus's shoe, and and again, people that are listening to this, put your anger aside for a second, and just think about Afghanistan today. All right, you are an Afghani. And America, or you're an Iraqi, and America has come in with guns and laid siege to your land for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And God forbid an American soldier rapes your mom when she's 13. Mm-hmm. And you're being raised. And has she has you. Has you. The product of that. You're being raised as the bastard child with your brothers and sisters, your father's shame every time he sees you, you know, and... You grow up hating this colonization, this, imper- this, this, this imperial nation that created you. Mm-hmm. And then you see what's happening. The people that are supposed to have your back, your tribesmen, are uh, they, they're kowtowing to the imperial guard. Mm. And you say, this is nonsense. If, if these people don't have our back, we don't need them. They're not Jews. They're not Palestinians. They're, they're, they're Romans. And they're using usury. They're, they're giving up on all of our values, what makes us us to, to get with them. They're mm-hmm. bought. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he didn't go to the temple and burn the Torah. Mm-hmm. He flipped over the money tables, mm-hmm. right? He didn't go, and, and when he went to Jerusalem, he, he didn't go to not be seen. Mm-hmm. He walked to the middle of the square at the biggest festival of the, of the year. Uh, it took, people would take... Month-long pilgrimages to get there, and he went there with his gang, mm-hmm. with his team, his whole squad. He rolled deep to this thing. That's the dis- disciples. He rolled deep, mm-hmm. and he flipped over the money tables. He walked in and went straight to the front. I'm here. Mm-hmm. That's a political statement. Mm-hmm. This is a guy. This is a, a a refugee born out of, in this case, rape, and in under an imperial guard. Mm-hmm. That is rebelling against the system, and he's so good at it, and he's so charismatic, and he's so right in many ways of what he was saying. The entire society as we know it is built off of his teachings mm-hmm. 2,000 years later. Mm. He doesn't have to be a god. He's the most impactful human being that ever lived. So how does it all go wrong with the crucifixion? What do you mean, how does it go wrong? So why, why Revolution kills its young. So, you, so did, did he want to get crucified? I think he did. He want to become a martyr. I, I think there may there may be something to that. Okay. I think there may be something to that because they could have let him off. Yeah. They could. Yeah. They. Well, he he could have told them to lead him. Let him. And it's very very interesting because he, he allowed that. to yeah. happen. because they pressed him like, "Are you the son of God?" Of course. Or not? You know. But it, like, it's it, also very interesting. And this is why we talked about the Council of Nicaea before. And I think you know. Uh, your, your knowledge on this is so impressive, and I've learned so much for you, man. And I can't thank you again for coming on. I do disagree with you a little bit on on what the Council of Nicaea. We just was we for. just did a, a a Joe Rogan response about the Council of Nicaea. Mm-hmm. Me and my buddy John McRae, who's way smarter than me, so I'm fairly uh, like brushed up on like mm-hmm. <laughs> this whole. Council but to of me, Nicaea though, thing. the Council of Nicaea comes and it, it's a. Which is the Council of Nicaea? It's a, it's a three. T- 
25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's as Eastern and Western Rome is breaking up and they're trying to bring it back together. And Christianity has essentially won. Christianity went from being this, this like this is after the crucifixion. The and yeah, this yeah. is a couple hundred years after. Yeah, that. it was seen as a fringe. You know, like imagine going around to pagan Rome, having sex all over the place, drinking wine every day, and they're like, "God doesn't like this." And they're like, "Okay, buddy, yeah, you grab yeah, that yeah. guy." And then after a while, they're like, "Well, you see, yeah, shouldn't have had sex with your sister. Look at that kid." Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, trying it's, to tell you, it's controversial because the the question of like, did Constantine really get saved or not? Did he really get saved, yeah. or was it a political? Or was it a political? Right, because yeah. a lot That's of what a fair you see, question. And also, Punctious Pilate. Pontius. The Roman Pontius. Pontius Pilate. I'm sorry, Pontius. Pontius Pilate. He's very punctual. He was on time. Being, <laughs> yeah. being the good guy. Yeah. 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 Being the guy, I I I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to sacrifice yeah. this guy. It's the Roman that's the good guy. I think. I think. You, that so think there, that, it's PR. There's yeah. so much Roman PR in the Bible. Okay. So I think. I think your theory is very interesting because it is a very Jewish theory. Like it is very much so. Like they were looking for a earthly messiah to 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 uh, rescue them they still are from rome and they still are they're still waiting on a messiah where well, I they think, still claim there's one every two years or so yeah so i think with uh with big Je- celebrations in new york city with, <laughs> with jesus uh he from all accounts of scripture right wasn't a fan of rome but he also said render on to caesar with a caesar's interesting you know? And he also, but interesting. But, but, but let me let me finish the idea. Rebel against, rebel against. There is no god, except for Caesar, who claimed it was a god. And also, hey, when Cleaver, when Caesar wants to tax you, it's okay. You can have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a time <laughs> and a place. I think there's a time and a place. Um, and and Rome, the actual book of Romans echoes this. Like, there's a time and a place to respect the whatever authorities. Because again, we're looking big picture. Mm-hmm. God's ultimately providential. God's ultimately in control. Mm-hmm. So whatever authorities God has in place. You don't have to go along with everything they're saying, but there needs to be some degree of like, well, God's ultimately on the throne, and uh, we need to allow some reverence and respect for them, even if we disagree. I think that's what Jesus was getting at. Again, another paradox, right? Sure. So, so let me finish this idea. So, I think the Jews were waiting for a uh, uh, King Messiah. Jesus comes as the Lamb sacrifice, mm-hmm. but He's coming back as the the Lion and not the Lamb. Like He's coming back. And what the Jews are waiting for, we're mm. waiting for back then. He is coming back to establish a new heaven and a new earth. Do, do you go along with the Book of Judas, which was obviously it was left out of the canonical books, but that no. he he instructed Judas to uh, betray him, so no. that no, I mean, I mean it, it, no, I don't think so because the, the the Gnostic Gospels have so many problems in terms of authenticity. The when they were written, you know, the timelines are so further out that that like a hundred years after the gospel gospels were written, that, mm-hmm. that's when the Gnostics came on the scene. And then the conclusions of a lot of what Gnosticism taught was uh, the material world is bad and, you know, everything physical is bad. So I, Yeah, I mean, they were they were extremists. They lived yeah. in, the, in the caves and stuff like that. Yeah, they were pretty wild folks. But so I, I say all that to say, like, I could understand how you, you could see that, right? And I would say... I read the Bible, frankly, yeah. I read the Bible as a treaty between monotheistic East and polytheistic Western Rome. Okay. I read it as a treaty. Okay. And this is how we're going to live together under one Rome. When you had Gaul and uh, you mean the New Testament? You don't mean the whole Bible? I mean the New Testament. The New Testament. The, okay, the, okay. the Old Testament is the Torah. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Old Testament was Babylon. They were under Babylon in mm-hmm. the Old Testament, which is so, probably even worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do. I see 
and I and again the canonical arguments in the Council of Nicaea as hey look, you know yeah Jesus was born in the summer but Saturnalia is December let's just keep Saturnalia It'll keep yeah the they pagans definitely happy. they definitely assimilated those holidays that's you're, the thing right so to that, me yeah. this is a transitionary period this is how we're gonna play nice um, all it, that all that all that there's there's precedent to what you're saying I'm not disagreeing with 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 that part of it I think the question becomes was Christianity thriving and flourishing worldwide pre-Rome? And I would say, before Rome took it on, I would say absolutely. Again, in Armenia, in Egypt, and in Ethiopia, right? Mm-hmm. All Eastern though, right? So I think even in the way we're, 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 we're framing this conversation, we're still looking at it from a very Western view, but it had spread and was vastly popular in other parts, so much so that Armenia and Ethiopia mm-hmm. took on Christianity as its officials, country, Sound like religion. a Christian hipster, bro. Like yeah, Rome was the that, that was the that was corporate Christianity, <laughs> bro. No, 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 but I'm just saying there's something to say that if we're looking at the two oldest Christian nations that are still around as nations today, mm-hmm. that they predate Rome. And then usually when we think of Christianity, we associate it with Rome, but we kind of look away when we look at the rich history of Ethiopia and Armenia. You know, mm-hmm. like those are that that predates the that the Council of Nicaea that predates uh, Constantine that predates mm-hmm. all of that stuff and they're still here like they're still around and they still believe all the same stuff mm-hmm. you know so I could see what you're saying I'm just saying there's other churches that I think get omitted from the conversation and I think that shows a more robust um, more diverse view of Christianity that's than just Rome what, what do you think Christianity's role uh, today, two thousand years later, I is. think I think it's the same that Jesus said it was. I think I think it's to go and to make disciples, and uh, I think I think from making disciples, faith in Jesus leads to human flourishing, and I think as a byproduct of that, the church is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So when it says uh, Matthew chapter twenty-five, my favorite chapter in all the Bible, Jesus, I'm sure you guys have heard of the parable of the talents. He gave one five, he gave one three, he gave one one. The guy who had five doubled up. The guy who had three. Uh, doubled up the guy who had one buried his right and then and so so, so it's a parable about uh taking care of your responsibilities it's a parable about being faithful with what you've been given faithful with your time talent and treasure that's what the the, the moral of the story is right um however that's uh sunny bronx tale one the <laughs> thing in the world is wasted talent yeah, yeah so so but, but but what people miss is from that it goes into not a parable but it goes into jesus says hey on the last days um you know, uh, I, I'll come to, to, I'll separate the, the, the sheeps from the goats. And I would tell these folks like, man, when I was in prison, you didn't visit me. When I was, when I was naked, you didn't clothe me. When I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was, when I, when I was, when I was down and out, you didn't take care of me. And then they'll say, when, when did we see you hungry and naked? And, and all they said, whatever you did to the least of these, you did onto me. And then he goes on to another group and he says, and all these things, you, when I was hungry, you fed me. Whatever you did to the least of you, you did unto me, right? Mm-hmm. So he affirms one. And so the, the, the macro application of faith in Jesus, in my opinion, and I think from James saying, care for the widow and the orphan, is to be the hands and feet of Jesus on this side of eternity, mm-hmm. is to lead in charity, is to lead in, in, in mercy, is to lead in helping people change the corner and change the trajectory in the same way my life was changed. I think that is the hands that, that is what the church is around for today. And I think it is an institution that has done great good just when it's been meddled in politics. It's it's been it's been just corrupted at times. But I still think if you look at the ink press and literacy and universities and hospitals and charities and the vast majority of uh, uh, charity work done worldwide is still done by people of faith, right? Like all these hospitals, St. Mark's, St. Like these are all 
Christian established things. Our, our universities were all Christian established mm. universities initially at the Ivy Leagues. So I think it's a, it, it will be, I believe, it will be a huge force for good after we get through this cleansing that you're eloquently pointing out. The Catholic Church dealt with it 20 years ago, really messy. The, the Protestant Church is dealing with it right now, mm. really messy, bad. And I think there's going to be a cleansing, and then I think people will wake up and say, man, you know what? It's, it's, it's yes, the politics matter, but like, am I loving my neighbor? Yes, the politics matter, but like, am I caring for orphans? Yes, the politics matter, but like, do I care for widows and, and single moms? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. You know? it's, I think for sure the main like tenants, like you can't really argue with them. You yeah, know if, what I mean? Like it's about being a good person, living a good life yeah. and like doing right if, upon, like on others. If the pro-life movement, and I'm just using that as a political one, if the pro-life movement was more associated with all these folks that are, that are outraged about abortion, Oh, they all adopt babies and take care of kids. Sure. If that was the if that was the framing of that, mm -hmm. it would be received, in my opinion, by some people differently. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, look, you know, leadership is not uh, it's not a, a Ukrainian flag emoji in your Twitter profile. It's look, man, you think guns are a bad thing, Matthew McConaughey? Get rid of your security detail. Yeah, the guns thing is 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 really yeah. weird to me in terms of if that, you that if down. you are not adopting kids, but you're vehement that somebody else should should have one. I I don't want to hear your word. And to you be know, fair, and to be fair, Christians adopt at uh, oh, almost three x the rate as as non religious. Sure, people. dude. So I like that, I, I dude. I like Christians. I, there's a certain level of me, the cynicism. I I I resonate more center right than center left because I find the left to be driven ideologically and i feel like the right is driven by greed and i understand greed and i trust greed far more than i trust an ideologue i trust somebody to not burn something down yep. because it's not profitable for them whereas an ideologue will burn it all down because they think their eternal soul it's a great assessment right yep. so like yep. i while i disagree with the right i understand it and i trust it more than i do the left current the current incarnation of it and in that regards i understand christians and i trust christians more because they do things that are good. And it doesn't matter to me if they do them out of the kindness of their heart or because they're being, you know, held, their souls being held hostage by Sky Cop. I don't, it doesn't matter. We call him Big Sky Daddy. Big Sky Daddy. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if, you know if, if, they want, if they want to adopt a kid because they think Big Sky Daddy's sitting there smacking the belt if they don't, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Like, I don't, that, like that. Yeah. It's, 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 you're thinking negative reinforcement. I mean, positive reinforcement. Like, like, we care for a child right now that's not our biologically ours. I'll spare you the details, but it's not. It's not. I have to. It's I get to. Which like, I, like, I, and, I respect. And, and it's one of the most fulfilling and amazing experiences, while yeah, simultaneously beautiful. being extremely challenging. Oh, dude, I can totally imagine. <laughs> but but Ruslan, and I and I mean this from the bottom of the heart. My like, I don't care your motivations for doing it. I just respect you for doing sure. it. Sure. Yeah. You know, there, there's like people that get mad at the Ronald McDonald House. Because they they donate to charity and they're like it's just a tax break. And I'm like, you think that matters to the kids that have houses? Yeah, yeah. I don't think they, yeah, like yeah. who cares yeah. what the what the yeah. what the motivation to do the right thing is? Yeah. So I I trust that more than I trust the other side. I trust even though I disagree on on a philosophical level. Sure. I I trust the Christian more than I trust the the atheist. Okay. I trust the 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 anxious more than I trust the nihilistic. Mm. The nihilistic isn't going to care. They don't care if it burns down. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that the deeper question, and and we could talk about any you know political social issues. I think the deeper question is there's this removal of objective truth from the dialogue, right? Like from the conversation, 
And I think the more we see that pulled back, the more and everything can become frimsy. Like, is that a baby in there no, or is a, it not a baby? A is great, it a man or is it a woman? I could Blah. not agree with you more. And who that's knows? a great point. But isn't that a weird point to make as somebody whose entire worldview is based on, well, it's faith. No, but, but that's what I'm saying. I said a reasonable conclusion, right? Like a reasonable conclusion. So it's, it's faith anchored on a reasonable conclusion that Jesus is who he says he was, mm -hmm. de died and rose from the grave. And ground. I do want to give you credit. And anybody who's still listening at this point, I mean, you deserve <laughs> all the credit. You, you've, you've answered more questions more fervently and more factually than any vaccine scientist in the world <laughs> over the last hour. You yeah, have defended awesome. your thesis I appreciate it. more fervently than anybody at the yeah. CDC in the last two years. Well, again, reasonable, right? Reasonable conclusion. Like, if we can conclude beyond a reasonable doubt that Jesus is who he says he is in a world where everything is not objectively true, what's your truth, my truth, I think that to me is the most important question. Like if this dude, one, did he really claim to be God? If he did, that's a bold claim. Two, if he claimed to be God and then he prophesied his own death and then he died and then he rose, well, that kind of makes the point of who he says he was. And I'm just, I, I think my heart would just be like, man, ex explore that and see what conclusions you come to. Because I don't know of a whole lot of people that have explored that mm -hmm. and been like, meh. Mm -hmm. eh. I think most people come to that and then some people struggle and, and, they, and, and, and life hits them and then they drift or they take some of that I, other ideologies and, and, and that causes them to get deconverted or whatever. But I think most people, when they look at the resurrection of Jesus, they go, man, Beyond a reasonable doubt, there's something here. And the rest of it is faith. I'll give you that. The rest of it is faith. Mm. But it's not a blind faith. It's not like a it's it, it's a faith, it's a faith based in some realities that we can assume things are what they are. It's not just like, you know, a, a blind faith. And it's definitely not like man can be women and women can be men. And you know, like this, it's it's definitely not that. Like it's a it's more anchored in history and church history and an actual event that rocked everything that, than, than just that. And so I think now it's tough to navigate those conversations in a very postmodern world, mm -hmm. which is hilarious because postmodernism wasn't even supposed to be a worldview. <laughs> like it was supposed to challenge the status quo, yeah. not become it. Well, now no, we got it. We don't have enough time to go deep into that. We'll have to have you back again, man. But the, uh, well, the, yeah, yeah, we the, the whole idea was again. to, you, you can't, you can't create revolutionary environments in times of prosperity. Mm. So that you, you ha in order to create a revolutionary environment, you have to destroy the culture by which prosperity is based off of. It's the Frankfurt School. It's Antonio Gramsci, if anybody wants to go. Yeah, I've, I've looked into the Frankfurt School. And, and, and so my, my response, generally speaking, to all of that, right? And I think there could, there could be real serious implications to that. And there could be people that are on edge and paranoid. And there could be a wide spectrum, right? My response to all of it is usually Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The, the God is on the throne. Mm -hmm. Everything is God's. And so I have a faith that um, empires have came and went, mm -hmm. right? And But ultimately, Jesus is who he says he is. And because of Christians being in, influential in culture, I think we've seen the world turn substantially better over the last 100 years than worse. Um, specifically the last 20 or 30 years in terms of, I mean, 200 years ago, 95% of the world lived in object poverty. Today, it's less than 10%. Why? Because of organizations. You guys ever heard of Charity Water? 
I don't. Fo- founded by a Christian dude, not a Christian organization. 100% of the proceeds go to building wells and sustainable water filtration systems in parts of the world that needs it. That is the number one ROI to change a village's entire trajectory is getting them clean drinking water. And a, this is one of the few, 100%, every dollar. So like we raised enough to build a well in a part of the world that doesn't have a well to transform a village. Like when we come together and put together resources, we can literally move the needle for good mm-hmm. to people that are living in object poverty. They don't got clean drinking water, right? So that's that's yeah, what I that. that's what I think the, the the mission of the you know, check out Charity Water. Yeah. They do really good stuff. And then again, not a Christian cool. organization. I don't want to put that on them, but the founder comes from a Christian background, mm-hmm. and it's 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 incredible. So there's so many people doing so much good work that that are coming from a Jesus is God worldview that I think. I think I see the good, and I see if everyone does their contribution, then I think the world will get better. I really do believe that, and I, I believe good triumphs evil, even if it gets dark. Well, that's a great, I think that's a great place to end on. What do you think? I agree. you have any other questions? No. Not, not right now. <laughs> I got enough to uh, uh, absorb a lot, research. Lot yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it was great, bro. I appreciate it. Man, thank you, guys. Yeah, thank this was fun. Yeah, thank you us. so much. What's what's uh, what's next for you? You just had an album come out? You yeah. Did. What's going on? Drop the, the rap stuff. Yeah. If you want to spit a verse, I, you know, I, you can. If you want to uh, save it, just give the, the I, link to I, go check you out. On the, on, the, on the spot. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not live. We'll cut it. We'll cut it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the YouTube's been really good. Um, that's been super fun. I think the, um, the, 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 the position, what's helpful about this is that I had a specific desire for my channel of like, I want to empower people to live God's ways for their life. Right. And then I go out and I like went to Sean Cannell's Think Media Conference just a few weeks ago. And then so meeting different people and hearing different perspectives of what, what I do means to them mm-hmm. is the best thing that I think any business owner can do as a content creator. Cause you think you were doing something, but what you mean to people is different. Well, you're affecting the conversation for right. a large, for right. a lot, and, and what's, I think what's very interesting about what you're doing in particular is you had fans that were fans of your music. Yeah. And now you have fans that are fans of your substantially like, social commentary. Yes. Substantially more fans. And, there, that has to be a very, very dangerous thing for a content creator because you're going to gain 50 followers. You might lose 50 followers. Yeah, People yeah, that yeah. don't want to hear you talk yeah. about this and only yeah. hear for rap. Yeah. Well, and, and so I say all that to say, hearing what, the hearing like your perspective earlier and, and just hearing a little bit about, even though you're probably not super familiar with what I do, is very valuable. So thank you guys. Like I really mean that because I walk away from this learning a lot more about what I think I'm supposed to be doing more of and probably what I'm supposed to be doing less of. And like being affirmed in that, that these conversations matter and the stuff that I'm doing matters. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if, if nothing else, there's nobody that can say that you're, again, we, we're circling all the way back to the beginning of the conversation. You're not a charlatan. Yeah. You're not reading the script. Yeah. You're not, you know, cherry picking. At least my bank account doesn't look like that. Well, good. <laughs> good. Because, you know, it is easier for a man to walk through the eye of the needle oh. than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of... Can I, can I add something to that before we go? Real quick, so 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 real quick. People always use that verse, right? Mm-hmm. And check out what the people miss. What happens right after that verse? So then they oh, go. Hey, look at look at him. No, no, no. He's about to defend his money, right? Listen, now. listen to he's that. About, he's about to defend. Like, Jesus really, wanted me to I'm get not, paid. I'm not getting money like that. I'm not getting money like that. But but I'm not, I don't I don't have any problem with people getting money. I think money is good, is a good tool. So, so check Jesus this out. <laughs> stop, stop. So look right after that verse. The guy, the, the rich young ruler, right? He didn't want to give up his land. He, did, he kept all the law. And then Jesus says, sell everything you have, follow me. And he says, oh, he walked away with sorrow. And then Jesus says, harder for a camel to enter the eye of a needle than a rich person get in heaven. So the, the context of that is rich people were viewed as closer to God in their system. 
So this person kept the law or said he kept the law perfectly and he was wealthy. So they thought that he was better than them because in their context, he was rich people were blessed by God. So then the, the thing that comes right after that is the apostles turn to Jesus and say, who then can be saved? If this rich person who kept the law, you're telling me 2000 years ago, Jesus was like, admit your privilege. No, check this out. No, 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 that's, that, that is not where that was going. Check this out. They're saying if this person can't be saved, he kept the law and he's rich. He's, 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 we view him as holy in our society. Now, today we look at rich people not as holy. We look at them as bad, right? But Jesus says, with God, all things are possible, right? With man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Again, driving home the point that being saved is a work of God and it's not on our human like merit. An abundance ideology? Yeah, like it's like it's not about you and what you can do and how good of a rule keeper you are or how favored you are or how much esteem you have in a society or how popular you are, that it's actually the supernatural, impossible work of God, that, that, that God's doing something impossible, making it possible by saving people. And that is, I think, a great place to live this off because I think people, like that verse is actually about salvation in the fact that on our own merit, none of us are going to be saved, but it's the blood of Jesus that saves oh, us. Shit, we wanted to wrap up, and now I have another question for you. What, what, what do you? What's your interpretation of of technology and science's role within Christianity? I think it's a tool. I think it's just like money. I think it's a tool, right? We can we can take a brick and build a hospital, or we can take a brick and start a riot, throw it through a window. So I think it's a tool, and I think that's why we have to be very delicate with it. I think we have to be very careful, especially technology nowadays, right? And, and, and science, too, especially when the science changes and biology is no longer biology. I think we have to be very careful with, with, with those things, yeah. Hmm. Interesting, man. Well, Ruslan, man, let them know where people can find you. We'll, we'll have all your stuff in the description. Yeah, Ruslan KD on all platforms, man. I appreciate you guys. Awesome. And what's your favorite song you ever did? I have a song on uh, my latest project, called um the great nap the great nap and I, I think people like it's like a little life story overcoming adversity type mm -hmm. song yeah top five rappers of all time go oh man okay uh jay-z nas tupac eminem i don't have a fourth that was four four gosh uh, Andre, Andre 3000. Andre 3000. Not repping for any Christian. Andre 3000. KB doesn't make your Kendrick, top five. Kendrick. I'll put Kendrick in the top five. Kendrick is number five. Yeah. Not a fan of Biggie. No Biggie, huh? I'm, I'm, I wasn't a big fan of Biggie, but I think technically. Nah, West Coast Coast Coast. Yeah, we didn't yeah, like Biggie. Coast Coast. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, brother. Ruslan, thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate you guys, yeah, thank man. You, it's been fun. Thank, thank you. you so much. Check out Ruslan. Check out his, uh, it, you know, it, there, there's so much information that you can learn from him. There's so much perspective that you can gain from him. Even, even if, uh, you know, you're, you remain unconvinced or if, um, you know, the, the very topic uh, makes a lot of people uncomfortable to have these conversations, to have these conversations, man. The whole idea of no religion, no politics, that's got to go out the window. Yeah. We talk about these yeah, things. Yeah, talk Lord. about anything, man. We're yeah. all, everyone's people. I mean, you know people, what I mean? People Amen. are people, yeah. And if people don't like it, they can catch those hands. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what's that, what's that song? And we, should, we, should, we should play out on that song, David. David, take oh, us out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Try Jesus. Don't, Don't try me. me. That's Toby. That's my buddy Toby. Toby Toby's a Christian. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. He's a Christian. He's solid. Solid guy. He's always has his wife with him. Yeah, yeah. He's dope. He's, that's, he's just, dope. that's just yeah. funny as hell. That's a really funny video. <laughs> I mean, he's just like he just stands there like yeah. still. Yeah, he's yeah. Toby, like, Toby's cool, man. Toby's one of those guys that I think is as a as a person of faith is doing it really well. Yeah. Well, hey, what were your thoughts on Black Lives Matter? 
Uh, Jesus, Gerard. You just made me take the Lord's name in vain over here, bro. I appreciated the sentiment and really, I got a spar really, in the morning. I got to eat. This poor guy, I really disliked the the organization I, from day one. I don't I don't know any... I, I don't know a single person that donated to Black Lives Matter. And I know a lot of people that uh, come from... Like I, like my buddy started a, a campaign called the And One to respond to that, uh, the And campaign. So I think the organization is is just a complete train wreck. Exploitive. Yeah, exploitive. And Terrible. But I think the sentiment... I mean, like, it's... It's a it's a commonsensical sen- sentiment, sure. right? Like, and it's such a great marketing thing. But I think that organization is, whew, man, they did a number on people. They did, and they're still doing it. Awesome stuff, man, Ruslan. So uh, this is uh, slick and thick, slick and thick. Formerly known as from now on, yeah. Mickey Gall, Gerard Michaels, Ruslan. Thank you guys so much. Subscribe. Let's to eat it. Stuff. Peace. Peace.